Okay, here we go. Broadcasting live, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. With your hosts, Honest Abe and Adam K. the Brewmeister. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kmatalkradio.com. I like to smoke them like some rich churches. Good morning, loyal listeners, libertarians, lovers of the leaf, everyone out there in radio land. Welcome to another exciting edition of KMA Talk Radio. Broadcasting live in lovely West Palm Beach, Florida, I am Adam K. the Brewmeister. On this, the 13th of July. With me, of course, it, it feels like that. All of them bleed together eventually. Uh, the months of, months of summer, how can you go wrong? Uh, with me, of course, Mr. Honest Abe. Good morning. <laughs> and uh, Paul, the producer. Hi. Hi, Paul. And uh, yeah, so uh, welcome. Happy to be here. We're just starting over again, pretending that it's working again. It, it seems fine now. We're okay. having some kind of issue, so we're back. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg. I blame you. Yeah, it's, uh, we'll get it right one day. Well, that's what we say anyway. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, well, let's talk about the winners because that's okay. not going to be live now. So okay, we can uh, go ahead and just. So I'll go jump ahead and say that. thanks to James Lay who won the Zykar Poll of the Week. Forty percent of you said Jimmy Fallon was your favorite late night television show, and why? Which you were very upset by. Yes, you why? Keep, Who's yours? Oh, it's got it's uh for just create con uh for news content Seth Meyers for entertainment James Corden. Interesting. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you haven't seen any of the things that uh, either of those guys are doing, they uh, pick them up on YouTube because all of it's over there, and they're doing some great content. Seth, it breaks down the news better than stuff going on pol- politics-wise, anything else better than anybody else. Not to mention he does a lot of great live shows, especially after each of the, one of the debates that they had for the Democrats. Did the show live after the debates, had a lot of great content, feedback, and just points, just hilarious stuff. Who's yours? I don't really watch late night, but I like Conan. Is he still around? Yeah, he's doing a thirty-minute show now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he did it. a phenomenal show on Thursday night because Camille uh, Nanajar canceled at the last minute on him. So basically, he had no guest, and he only does one guest now oh, for his thirty-minute show. That's a great way to start a show. Yeah. So basically, he basically was like old con, like old Conan at his best, like back when the writer strike happened. Conan did some of his best work ever. Like those Conan on Writer Strike episodes are <laughs> I didn't amazing. Know you were that like into late night talk show hosts. Oh, Letterman was my guy. He doesn't oh. sleep. He's got to have something to do. Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Ever since Letterman left, it's been a little hole in my heart. Fair game. <laughs> yeah. Come back, Dave. Even though even though you're on Netflix, it's still not the same. Well, if you're joining us, welcome to a very special edition of KMA Radio. Uh, we have a very interesting show for you today. Also, with limited interruptions. And a new starting late format, but it's all going to be an awesome show today. Just uh, because we had the technical issues, if you want to share the post and let your friends know that we're back live now, (laughs) that would be great. But it looks like we're almost back to where we were when we started. Good. uh, Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. So what's this week's question? Because we had a a big debate over it and we ended up leaving. Yes. Would you attend the PCA event known as Cigar Con? 
Uh, basically, that's the big thing, point of contention going on in the cigar industry this week has been the name change, the PCA, CigarCon, and everything surrounding it. So would you go to CigarCon? Would you spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars? Uh, well, if Maybe not, thousands. If you're nowhere near Vegas, it's mm. going to run you thousands. I don't think you're flying to Vegas, getting a hotel stay, entering the event, and going to get away with it. I mean, you could stay at like the Excalibur and get like 60 bucks a night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you still got to fly out there. But we'll That's get more into the logistics of it. But as a consumer, we just want to, we're curious. Is that something that you, because, you know, I had a little social media going back and forth uh, this week because, you know, people want it. No one's talking for the side of the consumers, so you know he's like, well, "I wish somebody would take our feelings into consideration," which was a whole conversation I had. And we'll get into that later on in the show when Dave's on. Right. Yes, uh, Dave Garofalo of Two Guys Smoke Shop will be here to uh, talk about uh, his thoughts on the PCA. He had a very uh, poignant statement that he made last week. Made a press release. Yeah, a press release. Yeah, yeah. Or that he made on his uh, radio show about never going to the P- like. Well, he just said no to the PCA in 2020. Yes. And that was pretty much it. And Dave, Dave has been a predominant and actually an industry leader now for a very long time mm-hmm. in the cigar industry with shops up in New Hampshire and online presence. And uh, he also does have a manufacturing side. So uniquely, he he uh, has some brands that he wholesales and distributes. And it, it uh, he has a unique perspective because his perspective, obviously, are from both, both sides. Both sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A retailer and a consumer. As a retailer and a manufacturer. So. Mm-hmm. And he, is, interesting. and he is someone who has served on the board of the IPCPR. Yes, we served together, actually. And TAA. I did my three-year tour of duty on the board, and uh, he, I, was, I had the pleasure of uh, sitting on the board at the same time with has, Dave. Has been a speaker at the IPCPR, was on a uh, panel with you one year. Yes, yes, I mm-hmm. forgot about that. Yes, yeah. we did a panel. In, uh, Michael Herklotz, Dave, myself, I think it was Jeff Borschwitz. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Herklotz did the... Uh, Oh, no, he was the MC. He was the MC, yeah. He was the MC, yeah. that's right. Kirk Lutz was the MC, and it was, yeah, it was Dave. He was fielding the questions for us. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good memory. Yeah, well, I was there. It was in Vegas last time we were there, I believe. I know, we don't, I don't go that much. I mean, What's that, four years ago? Well, I mean, look, it's one of the things that's kind of funny is, you know, everybody's kind of acting like this is like new news, but retailers have been slowly not going to the trade show for decades. I, I think in the last 10 years, may have gone two, three times. Uh wow okay yeah. uh Orlando Vegas New Orleans Vegas was that all in ten years New Orleans uh that was yeah and I think another Vegas so no I've been oh yeah did I ever send you without me yes okay well that's what yeah. it is yeah I yeah. personally have only been there two or three times yeah you went to years. Vegas without him yes I want to see Adam in Vegas. Do you enjoy it like a Adam, normal person? Or Adam are you... becomes very uh, more human-like after imbibing some bourbon. Mm-hmm. Bourbon, and then he gambles, right? I mean, he's a poker player. No, 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 no. no, no. You can't play. I cannot go to play poker in a casino because literally you're sitting down with all these degenerates and it just takes too long. My go-to in Vegas. <laughs> Wait, so what's the difference between where you go to play poker now? Because what the difference is typically when you're playing in a casino, you're playing with a bunch of strangers, right? Right. It's different than like when we have a weekly game. He knows these with, guys. Yeah, we play with the same 10 or yeah. uh, a variation of okay. 20 different guys and, every week. It's more entertainment than when you're sitting with 10 guys you don't know and no one's really talking. And, and you're literally sitting down and you don't know how long you're going to stay there and it's just an ongoing thing and just going, going, going. My go-to in Vegas is roulette. Really? Yeah. Roulette. I mean, yeah. it's fun because it's kind of interactive with all the people and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, which is strange that you like that because it is a very interactive game. It's a very social game. Everybody that's involved in it kind of likes to, you know, party and have fun. But really? I don't really talk to people when I'm playing roulette. Yeah. I, just, I think you're confusing roulette with craps. Yeah. No, no, no. I no. mean, I can't craps play craps. A, I don't know how to play it. Craps is a more social game, yeah. 
Oh, I think roulette is. I, no. I, what do I know? Yeah. No, but I, I play blackjack. No, you got to bet the You know daddy daycare. That's what you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So true. Daddy daycare. Oh, so much fun. I'm trying to stay on topic this week. <laughs> and Paul, we had a we have a pre-show meeting. I'll tell week. our guests to hold off calling in then, because I was just going to text them and say you can call it now. But go ahead. Would you like not me to go off? Topic? No, no, no. Go ahead, please. You know, let's talk can, about yeah, it. Give me the give me the nose rub signal, so I know. <laughs> no, we said we were going to talk about this. So. so, so yeah, so we have a pre-show meeting every week, and you know, he, he, Paul's just so feminine about certain ways I that t- he likes to go about doing things. So he sits in the show, he sits in the room. He's like, uh, I'd, I'd like to talk to you about something. And, you know, I have a few friends that watch the show and then we've talked and they, they've kind of brought up to my attention. And I didn't kind say of friends. Re- whatever. People, here's the exact word. Right? <laughs> People that we know and, and I, and I will not disclose my sources. This is what he says to me. I will not disclose my sources. I'm like, I'm the king of my castle. <laughs> okay, I'm like, what is the problem? So it seems like I get off topic and I might tell a story. A few times. You may have told the same story a few yeah. times is so, what I, I actually said. So, yeah. So he was like squirming. Like, Dude, I'm not a professional radio jockey. I'm not, you know, I'm not seasoned veteran. I didn't study broadcasting. No big deal. Do your job and produce. If you feel I'm getting off topic, throw me the nose signal. Let me know. But he squirmed like for like 10 minutes. I wasn't squirming. I just... Was he I'm squirming? Tra- it was a little bit of a... Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to handle it, it like I would with any talent to try and be nice about I'm it. I'm not talent. No, no. no. You, you, can't, you were sugar trying to sugarcoat yeah, like the I was crap gonna have, out of it. I was going to have my, my feelings hurt. It's like, hey, Abe, you know, you're doing a great job, buddy. <laughs> but it's so bad. There's one little thing. Yeah, and then he goes, my favorite line is, and I, and I refuse to disclose my source. Because your first question to me when I bring up something is, who? Okay. Who? Give me give me Did examples. I ask who? who? No. I, did I ask who? You no. didn't, no. but you would have. The only reason why I would have is I don't trust your judgment. So if you're going to tell me your wife when you got home sat and told you no, about no, no, it. No, no, no. It's not, it's not personal friends. It's actually people in the oh, I know you threw him under the bus. He, he threw you under the bus, Coop. So No, no. it wasn't Coop. <laughs> you said Coop. No, it was Coop for the other thing oh, we were talking about. Sorry, I'm confused yeah. again. The other thing that we were talking about. So yeah, so just do your job and produce. That's, not, that's more of an insult to you than it is to me. If you were doing your job producing, you'd keep me on track. Wow. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. This has been KMA Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll uh, see you all next time. (laughs) (laughs) No, because now the internet connection is working, and the computer is not screwing up, so we have to do the show now. We've been excited about this. I mean... This this was a kind of like a last minute thing when when Dave came out with with officially saying that he would not be a part of the PCA, and um, it was a week ago. Yeah, and Coop I think was the first one to officially break it in the news, mm-hmm. and uh, we reached out to Dave and he was like, "Of course, any whatever you need, I'll be available. I'd love to talk about well, it." Well, a lot of times with guys like that, you know, very busy guys. You know, yeah, Dave has yeah. his own show, The Cigar Authority, he runs retail on shops, Saturdays you know, on Saturdays later this afternoon today, and. Um, you know, sometimes you just don't think you'll get somebody at the last minute like right. that. But he was, no, very, very excited to do the show. and was very happy we asked and said, I'd be happy to throw myself out there for criticism. That's his exact words to me. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, so we may have we may lose him a couple minutes before the end of the show so he can go do his show. But he, he is on the, the line now if we want to go to yeah, that. Yeah, let's Adam. jump that's, on. That's up All right, let's bring in our special guest. Good morning. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Dave Garofalo of Two Guys Smoke Shop and the Cigar Authority. Dave, thank you for joining KMA Talk Radio. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. Absolutely. So how are things in New Hampshire this fine morning? Things are good. Nice weather. It's beautiful. It's like almost like Florida here. I highly doubt that. Yeah. You're not, yeah. you're, uh, you're not yeah. walking outside and having uh, sweat dripping down from other parts. Okay. We didn't mention, yeah. I've been, to, I've been to New Hampshire plenty of times. <laughs> it's far yeah. nicer. In December, you can call us and tell us how it's like Florida. Right. <laughs> I don't think you'll be agreeing. 
No. <laughs> well, Dave, you know, for our listeners who are who are not too familiar, you were in a very successful line of stores up in New Hampshire. And how, how long have you been in the cigar business? Uh, since 1985, so this is 34 years this year. Wow, you're old. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I started very young, but I'm it's st- I'm still old. <laughs> And, I had 34 uh, years onto anything. Wow. And, and <laughs> 34 years. You know, what's funny is because I got in the business, I think I was, uh, I mean, I think I was officially in retail. I was 26, 25, 26. And I just remember, yeah. I remember being the youngest guy always in the room. And like now when we had these meetings, like, oh man, I'm just like the oldest guy in the room now. It's <laughs> right. so bad. When so you, true. When you would go out with like Sal to like industry events, would he yeah. be like, this is the kid? Yeah, it's literally. <laughs> yeah. Sal would be like, this is the kid, this is the young buck, you know, introducing everybody. It's like, and, or we just got in the room, like he was always the new guy. And it's, now we look around, it's like, oh man, I've become the, that old veteran now. And it's it's kind of a little, disheart- a little disheartening sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But, Watched uh, everybody grow up. It's been great. Yeah, it really has. And and you also you also uh, have your own show, Cigar Authority, which airs later on this afternoon. Yes. We go great. And how can people catch that show? Uh, the CigarAuthority.com. There you go. Simple enough. God, I love his accent. Oh yeah. <laughs> we have an accent. You guys sound funny to me. <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, in, in New Hampshire, we probably do. In New Hampshire, we probably do. Now you also. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to get you on the show, on top of having the press release uh, with your, which we'll get to in a minute, you also have a uh, your manufacturer technically, your exhibitor at the annual trade show, correct? Yes, I, I try to do everything. I love this industry, and I want to be part of it in every way, and actually learn uh, what the the other side's up against. Uh, not only am I. Um, in the distribution of cigars, uh, I'm a consumer myself. I, I buy lots of cigars of the brands we don't carry. So I've been a consumer for um, to as long as I could be buying cigars. So uh, I'm every aspect of it, and I try to give consideration to everything as I'm making decisions for my own business. I find that amazing that he says that because that's always an example I use. Because it's one, of the, one of the arguments, I, conversations I kind of got into last week was a consumer you know, feeling that their point of view wasn't taken consideration, but I always try to run my business through the perspective of being a consumer, just like that. And I think that's interesting. Well, and you because said you that. were a consumer, and technically I, you still and are, I still am. And I always kind of set that as the standard as as me as a consumer. Well, how would I be coming into any one of our retail stores, or what would I was, my expectations would be? Right. So uh, I found that very interesting that you said that. So you made a press release after some breaking or non-breaking news that finally made it officially and unofficially to the market. Regarding the trade show next year, and you basically kind of um, put it out there that you and your organization won't be involved. Well, I, I, I did not write a press release. I oh. said it during my show, Is the tail that, end of the show, that I go. said I'm not going. And um, I, I'm just amazed um, that it took off to that degree that um, uh, Will Cooper actually ended up writing something about it. And... Uh, Obviously, a big listenership, a big uh, readership that he has because uh, my phone lit up. It didn't light up after I did my podcast. It lit up after he wrote it. But he wrote everything factual, and um, then it, it was everybody that, uh, um, in both sides. Some people, Dave, I agree with you, blah, blah, blah. But then there was a lot of, um, you know, what are you talking about? You know, don't do this. And you got a lot. Blah, blah. And, what I'm doing is nothing different than what everybody who doesn't attend a, a trade show does. They just don't show up. I just have <laughs> right. to say it on my show that I'm not going, as opposed to just not showing up. I am a member of the IPCPR, or what was the IPCPR. I'm still a member. Um, I will pay my dues once again this year. Part of being a member of the trade show organization, or the IPCPR, um, is 
you get to go to the trade show if you want to go. It is not a trade show. That is not the organization. It is an organization or was an organization for retailers for the betterment of cigar and pipe retailers. Um, Unfortunately, I'm feeling like, um, and that's the reason for it, that they've kind of lost their way and maybe they have a different agenda in mind. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to get slammed for it, I understand, because I'm talking to your audience, and, and even when I talk to my audience, it's an audience of consumers, and I sound like uh, I don't like the consumer, and that's not true. I love the consumer. I love the industry. The consumer is actually the only reason why I showed up for work today and every day, that's why I come to work, is for the consumer. I love them. Um, just sad that this... Um, retail organization has decided, okay, we're just not going to be a retail organization. We are uh, going to the consumer. So, Dave, Uh, I have to ask, what what compelled you to step forward as quickly as you did with this announcement to just say that you were not going to be a participant? So, um, having the manufacturer's side of it, just showing up at the trade show on the last day of the trade show, uh, which was Tuesday Mm -hmm. at 1 o'clock, um, and the trade show was getting ready to close, um, that was our time to pick our booth. They do it during the whole show, but we're at the very, very tail end of a, a small um, Exhibitor. distribution company um, that we're last on the totem pole. But when we go there to pick our booth, we actually have to give 50% of the, the deposit for next year. Um, we're talking about we spend upwards of $100,000 to set up at that show. Uh, between setup and everything it costs to actually be at that booth, it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and the determination was made during the um, trade show as I listened to every part of it I, I could. I showed up at the um, grand announcement, the secret announcement that everybody knew about. <laughs> and then uh, being part of the media, I was... Uh, lucky enough to be able to sit through the media portion of it and hear everything I could. And then there was a lunchtime learning session where they said that. Um, the night previous to picking the booth, we got together, and um, I did it with um, the uh, company that we distribute for, Nelson Alfonso at Selected Tobacco, and um, with uh, Oliver Nouveau at United Cigar, along with my buyer for Two Guys Smoke Shop, and myself representing the Cigar Authority and we all sat together and said, okay, what are we going to do here? And the decision was uh, all around, we're not going to uh, show at the show. And um, part of that includes that I wasn't going to cover it media-wise and that I wasn't going to attend as a buyer of the show. And um, was, it a con- like, was it a conscious decision on your part? Did you, did you say to yourself, I'm going to come out and say specifically I'm not – like?" Some people would just not go. You, well, you, I have you... to either give them 50% right. or not. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. on that um, Tuesday, we went up to um, boot selection, and we said we're not going to be attending. And they said, um, well, you know, you can pick boots later on. You don't have to make that decision now. Again, we're the last one anyway, so it doesn't matter if, uh, if we go later on or not. The people that are up front, I guess, really matters choosing their spots. So... Um, we said, we're not going to go, and they said, well, you don't have to make that decision now. And we said, well, we did make our decision. Um, you know, we heard everything there is to hear. Um, you know, maybe you guys are going to tweak what you're going to do or not. Um, but we got together. We made our decision. Um, we will not be uh, attending the show. Um, sorry to hear that is what we got, and that was it. And now I, I, I was there for actually two days later. 
if anybody had anything to say to me, but I come back for the Saturday show. At the tail end of the show, talking about everything that happened during the show, I say at the end of it, and next year I will not be attending. That's as far as it went. And this is a recorded show that we do. It's there, and at the end I say, we will not be attending. And then it, it blows up into, oh, my God, I, I made news. It must have been a freaking slow news day. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it, it is July, and there's nothing else really well, going on. I think, I think you know, Dave, it's a testament to your stature in the industry because, you know, guys of your stature is a barometer of what people are, are will look to that what may happen in the trend. So, you know, there's three aspects to this I'd like to cover in the show, Dave, um, because there's three really different perspectives. And one is obviously of the retailer. One is obviously of the manufacturer exhibitors of the show. And one is of the consumers. So let's, let's start out with the retail part of it. You as a retailer, because you and I actually relate on this, on this, at yeah. this level. So, you know, as a retailer, it's become, and, and this is, a, and as you and I say on the board, it, it's been an issue that's been ongoing really for a decade, you know, plus. I mean, I can't even remember how many years we sat on the board together, seven, eight years ago, maybe six, seven, eight years yeah. ago. Um, attendance has been dropping. I mean, every year they say there was people, but I, I never see it. The show looks thinner to me every year. Oh, yeah. It could be the footprints getting bigger, but if, when you talk to manufacturers, and a lot of times as a retailer, we talk to our manufacturers and we hear a story, but it's not a different story that gets publicly put out there, right? So, as a retailer, for me personally, because you, you made a statement that Coop reported of, of how you thought it was going to affect you as a retailer, which I, I didn't relate to, because as a retailer, honestly, I'm going to spend what I'm going to spend. In fact, I probably spend less because I have less impulse buying, right? Yeah. I kind of, I'm, I'm more selective in my buying because I buy what I really feel my organization needs and what I think will be good with our consumer base. Where when I go to the show, you know, we get bombarded nonstop. We get bombarded by brands we never heard of. Yeah. Everybody trying to sell us, and a lot of times we'll make purchases that we probably wouldn't have made. So for me as a retailer, not going usually improves my buying. I spend the money I'm going to spend. I, we get the deals we're going to get. Half the time we know the deals before the show, half the time. Our ordering's done before we even leave for Vegas or wherever this sure. show is. So as, as a retailer, it doesn't really, there's not a necessity for me to go as a retailer. Um, the whole uh, cigar con thing they got going as a retailer, well, if you're not going, you're not involved. Because we, we have more of a choice as a retailer not to be involved in the process if we don't want to be. So they they pushed, on the discussion of it, they pushed a little bit on if you don't, uh, participate in this, the consumer is going to be looking for the tickets. They're going to end up buying the tickets from your competitor. Your competitor is going to actually chaperone them down. So it was almost like we got gotcha. you. There's nothing you could do about this. Uh, and, and that, you know, <laughs> yeah, when you push me against the wall, that's when I come out. You know, the claws come out, and I go, "Oh, really? Okay, I'm definitely not going." Well, it was it was, it was a very ill-conceived move because because honestly, I mean, Dave, you've been known for many many years as one of the best event planners and makers in, in, in the industry. And honestly, in my earlier years, I kind of looked to a lot of things that you were doing as guidance and inspiration for a lot of things that we've done over the years. And I don't, you know, Coop asked me a question, and he'll be on later on the show to kind of jump in in the conversation with us. But he's like, well, what are you going to do when 10 or 15 of your consumers or 20 of your consumers are, are jumping you know, down your throat and wanting to get tickets for this event? I said, oh, well, I'm just going to give him honest advice. <laughs> you know? Instead of yeah. spending the three or two to three thousand dollars to go to a show that has no tr- track record for, th- and, and and as a guy who sets up a show, one of my arguments is it's not set up for this type of experience event. 
the layout, yeah. everything. I mean, if you're an event planner, you've done these types of events. Layout is in, in in how you plan the footprint of the event. It's a big flow of of the of how the experience is, right? Of and, course, and, the, and that's and that's awesome that you do do all these events that you do that you understand as I understand that it's not going to be easy as they think it's going to be. Four thousand five hundred consumers. Oh, really? That's going to be easy. You never did it before. That's where you, the way you're going to start. Four thousand five hundred. <laughs> okay, this is a train wreck. Ooh, okay, we had hold, on. Okay. hold I hope, on. I hope it works out, but I don't see it. All right, it's, it's funny because you just opened the door to a big conversation <laughs> I had with my team mm-hmm. that I want. I want to specifically get your opinion because this is a game I've been playing with everybody. Yeah. All week and we'll do it after the break uh yes we will right. hold that thought we were going to tease ahead we were going to ask dave a very important question about his th- big thought on cigar con when we come back keep it lit you're listening to kma talk radio follow us on facebook and twitter we're on instagram too yes it's mandatory experience the new henry clay warhawk a robust and complex cigar that's inspired by the rebellious roots of henry clay the first of a three-part series honoring the life of the great statesman This cigar is made with the best tobaccos grown and hand-rolled by the Grupo de Maestros at La Flor de Copen in Honduras. And it's not your typical Connecticut. This is a Henry Clay. Stand up, be different, and smoke a Warhawk. Surgeon General Warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer to the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale. Hello, this is Glenn Case, owner of Christoph Cigars. There's nothing more important to me than family. That's why I treasure the moments with my wife, Terry, and our son, Christopher, a.k.a. Kristoff. When we have those rare moments to talk about life, there's nothing better than smoking Kristoff to enhance our time together. For Terry, it's our Kristoff Sweet Tip Cuban Selection. For Chris, our Sumatra. And for me, our original Maduro. Enhance your family time with Kristoff Cigars. The Oliva family, the makers of some of the most affordable yet highest rated premium cigars available. For seven straight years, Cigar Aficionado has rated Oliva as one of the best cigars of the year. And Oliva has a cigar for all smokers. From the newly released Gilberto Oliva Reserva to the bold and rich Oliva Serie V. Oliva cigars can be found at a tobacconist near you. So always ask for Oliva. An unbeatable value and uncompromising quality. The Oliva family of cigars. The recently released Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage is an extremely rare blend of Perdomo's finest and most cherished 12-year-old fillers, binders, and wrappers. Bale-aged for 10 years and then barrel-aged in bourbon barrels for an additional two years, these exquisite Nicaraguan tobaccos are bursting with rich, complex flavors. Offered in Connecticut, Sun-Grown, or Maduro, available at only 250 authorized tobacconists worldwide, the Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage is a must-have for every cigar enthusiast. Hey, this is Clay from La Plena Cigar Company. My likes and dislikes, long walks in the park, old school gangster films, wrestling grizzly bears with hay. Dislikes, smelly feet, flight attendants with an attitude, and Friday afternoon traffic. What I know you will like is the La Polina family of fine cigars, such as Mr. Sam, Bronze Label, and our highly rated classic series. But let's not forget the limited edition Goldie. Quality forever, La Polina Cigars. Placencia Cigars has been one of the world's leading growers of first-class tobacco since 1865. Today, Nestor Placencia Sr., together with the fifth generation of the Placencia family, continued the legacy. With over 3,000 acres of quality tobacco fields, they are makers of quality cigars, including Alma Fuerte, ranked among the top 10 cigars in major publications. Find them in your local premium tobacconist stores around the country. Placencia Cigars, perfected for more than 150 years. Yours to enjoy now. 
Hello, this is Glenn Case, owner of Christoph Cigars. There's nothing more important to me than family. That's why I treasure the moments with my wife, Terry, and our son, Christopher, a.k.a. Christoph. When we have those rare moments to talk about life, there's nothing better than smoking Christoph to enhance our time together. For Terry, it's our Christoph Sweet Tip Cuban Selection. For Chris, our Sumatra. And for me, our original Maduro. Enhance your family time with Christoph Cigars. Keep the party going all week long at the world-famous Spearmint Rhino, West Palm Beach. Every Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday, enjoy $3 premium drinks from the bar till midnight. Magnum Mondays means $100 magnums of Belvedere and Moe Brut until midnight. Get your thrills every $10 Tuesday with $10 dances all day and night. Ladies, don't miss Women Crush Wednesdays with half off your cover charge. No matter the time of day, it's always a good time at Spearmint Rhino, West Palm Beach. Welcome back. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. Welcome back to KMA Talk Radio, broadcasting live. I am Adam K., the brewmeister. With me, of course, Mr. Honest Abe. Good morning. And Paul. Hey, hey, hey. Collins behind the glass. And on on the phone, our special guest, Mr. Dave Garofalo of Two Guys Smoke Shop. And before we hit the break, we teased a very interesting question we wanted to ask Dave. Well, here's a question I've had all week. And once again, Dave, thanks for joining us up from the calling in from the depths of New Hampshire out there. We appreciate it. <laughs> my pleasure. My By the pleasure. way, I think I've been to Dave's shop before because my grandfather used to always stop in New Hampshire to pick up booze when we were going back and forth from Maine to see my great-grandmother. Okay. And we used to stop at a giant, I mean, I'm talking about a giant cigar store. And I think that's you. Dave. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always starts. I was with my grandfather. That's, that's how I've been around quite a while, right? Great answer. It is. I love it. So, so here, here's here's the thing, Dave. Um, so to, to preempt this, so Coop asked me a question. What, what are you going to do when these consumers come in? I'm saying, I'm just going to be honest with them. I'm going to tell them, look, um, save the two or $3,000 it's going to cost you to get out to Vegas for a untested show that... Um, seems to be very overpriced and uh spend the 150 dollars and come to the great smoke that we've been doing for 14 years you're probably gonna have 10 times a better experience that's pretty much gonna be my answer yeah um, spend your money with the retailer spend the money with the retailer well i mean look, most of the retail organization that that's going to try to pull them away from the retailer well i mean look I, there's always that argument and it, it happens a lot in our industry because the manufacturers will do events and then try to acquire names and then directly market to the consumers and it's an ongoing thing and i just try to do what i do and I figure if I always do a good and great job, that those are things I don't have to worry about. But as two guys who've done events, we understand the logistics, right? The logistics of this layout is is not conducive to this type of event, right? They, I think they're trying to sell it that the show floor awe, the awe of being in the show floor is going to be this amazing thing, which in my opinion will last about 15 minutes when they realize what the coverage of the where they got to walk mm-hmm. to actually yeah. see a lot of the show floor in, such a, in a short amount of time. And... The many different people you got to deal with. Like, we literally start working on our February event this month. We start sending out invitations, and I have a big team of people that kind of from July and August all the way to February. That's their job. This is what we work on. We work on putting it together. It's a lot. Please stop bringing it up. I'm getting nightmares. Right? (laughs) And, 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 you know, and and listen, Dave and I both served on the board. It's a thankless job. But these guys are volunteering. It's not their full-time job. So, so are they going to have the time? And well, the they're mentor? definitely yeah. not, but they're going to depend on the one or two people that actually, or three people that actually are involved in the, you know, the PCA, and I think one of them is a full-time legislative guy. So, I mean, I don't think they've quite grasped what they're entailing. So, 
Yeah, they don't have the experience at all no. when it comes to this. And, and to go to that degree, 4,500 people, along with the, the following day that you got to deal with 2,500 retailers. Yeah, <laughs> the, the reason why we're actually there, right? Mm-hmm. So here's right. the question I've been asking everybody all week, and I've been getting different answers. I was really looking forward to asking you this question, and you, you kind of preempted it. When, we do, when I do these types of events, because like my event, The Great Smoke Now, is going on 14 years, and your hopes is to build an experience that's so incredible that it'll get to where you want to go. I mean, my, I think my first two or three years, I, it was a lost leader. I mean, because I, I was more attentive to making an experience. And I knew it would get to where I wanted it to go. but Eventually. Right. But you always say to yourself, you set an expectation and a goal, right? Where like, hey, if we can get this many people, right? The, the bare minimum, right? right? The low end of the spectrum. If this many people can get through this event, we did okay the first yeah. year. Mm-hmm. So I've well, asked a few people in the industry, manufacturers, retailers, um, what they thought that would be a, a number, a realistic number of the low end of the spectrum. And, and it, it's been a range. It's been quite a range. But... <laughs> So Dave's the guy who probably has the most experience with doing stuff. Dave, if I had to ask you, in your expectations, knowing what we know now, how it's being talked about in social media and press, if this show continues to happen and actually happens next February, what would be your guess? How many jelly beans in the jar, basically, guess? <laughs> on, on, I, think they, I think they're going to fill it. 4,500 for everybody in the country. I mean, I could do half of that myself. You really think they'll fill it? That's an interesting yeah. Because a couple of man, I mean, I'm just gonna put it out there. A couple of manufacturers figured they'd get about 2,500, 2,500 or so people. Um, some people put it in the thousand range, where and I, and, I, and I think if they hit a number, I mean, I, I'll be I'll be surprised this first year because it's from what I've seen and preliminarily heard. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. You, you're very sometimes more uh, attuned to the, the stuff that's going on in the background there, but it's probably going to be the most expensive. Cigar event, a higher price than even the the big smoke that Cigar Fishing Now puts on. Right? It's going to be like the most expensive event out there as far as this type of format event, yes? Well, at the, at the press conference, that question was asked, and they said, instead of coming out with an exact price, they said, we're going to have a tier system, but the low end of the tier would be priced around where uh, the big smoke is priced, which is in Las Vegas anyway, um, so that they'd go in that way. Now, do I think a whole bunch of people from New England, you know, 4,500 people from New England are going to travel down? No, but the whole West Coast that these people could drive to, right. um, you know, I, I think they fill it up that way. Yeah, I mean, they could probably get, yeah, maybe a couple thousand people who don't have to fly in and, and yeah. can drive down there. You forget about the local people, right? Mm-hmm. I always forget Vegas, that people actually live around Vegas, right? Yeah, you, right. You, people live in Vegas? Do. Yeah, mentally, like, I always have Vegas, like, I'm in the moon somewhere, right? Yeah. Where no, no one, there's no really human existence around mm-hmm. it that much. But, yeah, there are people actually live around Vegas. My, my wife lived in Vegas for a year and a half. She went to college there. Oh, nice. UNLV? She's, yeah, she said it was horrific. It was <laughs> horrific. She said it's very difficult to live there. So... And, and- you know, you may get some retailers, which is what they're, they're hoped for, is some retailers that normally don't attend, um, that know that their consumer is going to be attending and say, I better go there, and that they could drag in some uh, smaller retailers that, that pass on the show uh, most years, and that they would go forward with, with some of the thoughts that how it would get them more retailers to show up. Well, is that is that realistic? Because I mean, if those retailers aren't showing up, there's probably a financial reason for it, right? Not yeah, necessarily. It, it, back in the day, when when they used to say, "Oh, the place is filled," we called them tire kickers. Yeah, it was filled with people, and they didn't buy anything. They walked <laughs> around the show and they experienced it, and they got lots of free samples and um, you know 
free drinks and this and that, and they didn't really buy that much. And as the show dissipated over the years, and again, you've got to take with a grain of salt what the manufacturer says, but far less people are showing up, but the sales are even better. So they're getting the, the, the bigger players to come in there for serious to buy cigars as opposed to the guy coming in for samples. I don't want a sample. I want a sample to try to see if I'm going to buy the brand and go deep with it. So the that's thing, the dif- difference of it, quality listen, versus quantity, right? What do you want? Right. You know the difference between the tire kickers and the buyers? Because the tire kickers are walking around with two or three bags in their hand. <laughs> yeah. I don't want right. to carry anything when, I, when I'm walking right. the showroom floor. <laughs> it's the truth. The Keep a cigar or two in your pocket. Typically, I cut and light it right there in front of them, and I'm, I'm going to make that decision right, right there and then, as opposed to take it back or whatever. Or please send it to me before I get to the show so I can p- take my time and, and try the cigar. Right. As opposed to, I'm 20 deep by the time I get to your booth. And, and unless I really, really like it, I pretty much kind of leave that cigar there because I know I'm going to have to smoke one in the next. That's exactly meeting. what Adam said to me because to me this is a completely foreign thing. And he said the same thing. He said, you light it, you smoke it right there. I have a rule. You light it, they give it to you, you light it, you have until you reach the next booth you're going to, because then you have to put it down, and then because once you get in that next booth, Somebody else is giving you something you got to try. Yeah, there's always on then well, I'll grab a cigar. It's, oh, I'm smoking this to the end. This is oh, actually really, really good, right? There have been two cigars ever I've ever finished at the trade show, and I wow. specifically know that. Yeah. yeah. So so as, as a retailer, my consensus is, Dave, uh, and you can correct me where I'm, I might have, uh, be mistaken, but it, it, it really is no burden to us. We're not carrying weight. I mean, they're trying to put the, the onus on us to sell the program and get guys on there, but I just think... I think as in any other project that's been retailer-based and that I've seen over the 20-some years, they don't do it. You know, if these retailers were so great, we would have lobbied so much better over the years. We would have gotten more organized and, and fighting. I mean, and there are some that excel at it, right? I mean, Jeff's one of the guys. I mean, that guy will sure. fight any cause, right? But the majority of them barely open their store on time during the day. So, <laughs> you know, I mean... Absolutely. I, I and, and, you know, some the manufacturers will tell you, and, I, and, and I've been on a board of advisors and I uh, with you, and we talk to the reps and the, and the manufacturers themselves, and there's a handful of people, and, and you're one of them, and Jeff's one of them, I'm one of them, and there's not, not a whole bunch across the country that when an event happens in their store, that there's people that show up and they came for the event because it was promoted before, during, and after the event happened, where on most occasions they show up at the retail store and the and little poster they sent them is still wrapped up with the elastic around it. That's true. And the postcards they sent out, there's no social media presence to it or anything, and the people come in and say, are you here for the XYZ event? And they say, no, I didn't know anything about it. And this continues over and over, and they continue to do the same thing. It's the, I think it's going to be the same thing as um, this trade show, that they're going to maybe send a poster out or something. The guy's never going to hang it up. He's not going to walk over to the customer and say, why don't you come to this? And, and you know, the people they're counting on is, is the bigger guys to end up doing it. But I think the bigger guys are looking at it, uh, I certainly am, and say, this is not good for my business. Um, I'm not going to push and promote it, let alone there's actually no profit in it for the retailer. It's actually more expense that you're going to chaperone them. Yep. There's just so many things wrong with this. Uh, and and I heard that they've been talking about this for three years, putting it together, and I can put so many holes into it. Uh, and why wasn't did, did this not come up when, and it did come up a little bit. If, if you remember, we were on the board, and I remember what you had said, that when this came up, that, you know, we want more people to come in, and what can we do? Um, you brought up a very interesting thing that was the roast. 
I, I still talk about that because, look, I'm trying to stay on tangent of the manufacturer, retail, consumer side, but it's very hard because it all blends together, right? Here, here's the problem. The, the, we, I look at it, and you being a veteran like myself, look at it the same way. Our, our concern is the viability and the livelihood of the organization itself called the PCA, IPCPR. Yeah. It's a stressed organization that has problems. And it has problems because there's been less of, less of a need for retailers to go. I, guys like you and me, we could stay at home, buy what we want to buy, get the deals we're going to get, and actually have a better margin because we didn't incur. You got an entourage when you go, right? You got you got a big expense when you go to a show before you even set foot in Vegas. So there hasn't been a reason, and the only way you can really make a trade and look, the, the, the trade show itself is the revenue making source for this organization yep. is where the majority of the income that sustains the organization. So when that's threatened, you have to try to resolve it. Absolutely. The only way you resolve Absolutely. a successful trade show is by increasing the number of retailer attendants, right? These are the guys that make it thrive, right? Yep. They're the guys that come, spend, that no matter how the costs keep increasing every year for the manufacturers, it's worth it for them because of the volume of sales they do in a short period of time. So does this consumer event address that issue some people tell you yeah i had a big talk with nimish because he, he saw my post on facebook he reached out to me he's like why are you against this I he's, said, he's I, watching now too yeah i said i'm not against this i'm not really against this it's just not a good idea and i'm stating my opinion i think it's a terrible idea because i think this- it's a good idea for them to try to raise more money I just don't think this is the way to raise the but money. But that's exactly and what Abe said but, yesterday. But, but, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Here's, here's my point. At the end of the day, you have to look at what your goal is, what your objective of a task is. If you want to raise money for lobbying, we could have thought about 20 different ways to raise a lot of money that wouldn't have stressed this already fragile thing called the trade show, right? Because it's Trade fr- show. Trade yeah. show. Exactly. Operative yeah. word being trade because, <laughs> because it's already stressed out. So, And, and yeah. anybody who doesn't think that this idea hasn't stressed it worse is nuts because it's all over social media people are debating arguing about it. guys like you are not coming people have i know for a fact that a lot of companies including major companies while they did take their booth have refused to pay their deposit right yeah they wouldn't give them their deposit they want to so, see what's what's coming before so, they finally make so, that final decision so that, i guess yeah i mean they, yeah they, 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 it's basically kind of a position of hey look if you guys are going to go through with this we may not come I mean, that's the statement they made, right? Because, look, at the end of the day, this event is, doesn't help the show, right? Me as, a, me as a retailer, who I don't have a reason to go, now you've just thrown something on top of me going, doing, trying to do my buying, then trying to avoid the two or 300 manufacturers I never heard of that are trying to stop me every five minutes to buy from them that I, you know, I, I didn't even know. Now I have a day where I have more work now and I have to try to you know, entertain people. And, and like I said, if they had taken all the money they raised, because the cost of the show keeps going up every year, they've taken all the money they raised and somehow incorporated it into a rebate to all the manufacturers oh, based on size, God. that would have been a small, when I say small, I mean a small step that actually would help the show, right? Because now I have a mid-level or a small guy and it's a high expense and I know I'm going to get a rebate based on... It incentivizes a little the bit. people, right? It makes more sense than raising money for lobbying. So my event, my thing was, look, we... we They've tried to, and Dave, you know this for sure, and Dave will attest to you. Mm-hmm. Dave, you have access to all the deals before you get on a plane. Sure. And that's been the industry standard. They've tried to control the deals, and you just ne- it's never going to happen. Or, you know, they, or people are always saying the price list. 
people don't want the price list out there. But no, no, what I'm trying to say is a trade show would have worked better if, look, they're offering deals that as a retailer, I'm never going to get unless I show up to that show. Yes. Right? right? Give you a reason to actually right. go, yeah. But that we've, that's already been done and proven, and when Dave and I sat on a board that we were talking about this 10 years ago, you can't control it. So that being said, you have to come up with a idea or concept that would make me as a retailer say, hey, I got to go there this year because I'm not going to miss this. And the deals of the show is not it. So Dave brought up, I had come up with an idea to do a cigar industry roast, right? Every every year, uh, you know, there's seldom every chance where all these retailers from all over the country and every manufacturer is there. So we pick a guy like Rocky or even sometimes retailers like a Dave, mm-hmm. and we roast him. I had a comedian out in, um, I, remember, I remember, Dave, we had that comedian who's a cigar guy. He was going to come out, help us coordinate it, host it, MC yep. it, write the material for it. Every manufacturer would have taken a table or two. Every retailer would have taken a table. Listen, I would have paid money. If they auctioned the opportunity to go up and like roast Rocky, I would have paid money just to be on the panel to be able to get up there and roast him. Right. You right? Pay to do it. I would pay have paid to, do, to it. do it. And if they, and depending on the venue, if they opened it up to 500,000 people, you know, you could have consumers there. Now, and you make one gala, something super spectacular that after that event, that's what everyone would have talked about after that trade show. The next year, you would have had double the attendance. Right. We've talked about this You before. could have gotten cigar celebrities, guys who were into cigars who'd want to be at this roast, athletes. And it could, have become, it could have become the premier thing of this trade show event that I'm going every year because I don't want to miss this. And, hey, I'm here. I'm going to go hit the show floor and do some business. And you're going to stay till the end because it's, it's after it's over. But Dave was there with me. That instead of just trying to work on me, and then we were going to make the DVDs so that the retailers could offer them to the consumers and promotions. That, so if you didn't make it to Vegas to see Jonathan Drew or Rocky or somebody roasted, you could get the DVD when you go to the local cigar shop. There was ancillary income that could have happened throughout the year, right? Yeah. They got all these manufacturers in a room because they wanted to get their opinion. Well, you know what happens when you get 50 different people in a room to get their opinion? You get 50 different opinions. And you get nothing. And that's basically what happened. You know, it would happen. But so, so how did it happen that they got these retailers in the room? And from what I understand, there was a handful of manufacturers. The AMAB board that is the board of the manufacturers that are there to help out and uh, you know give insight to us retailers to say you shouldn't do that or how about this or whatever. So they brought it to the board and said, yes, you should bring the consumers in there and that the other people on the board actually bought it. Because you want, you want to know how that happened, Dave? Yeah. I'm going to tell you how that happened. Because the board selection process is the board sits there and invites people to run for the board or they get nominations. So they like to get, elect like-minded people. Uh, and you get a room full of people where they already knew before they became on the board, hey, we're kind of on the same page in ideas. Guys like me, I'm never liked on a board of directors. Because I'm just going to tell you the way it is. If I think something's a dumb idea, I believe it's my job to tell you it's a dumb idea. And it's never that's the problem. we wear, and we're supposed to actually tell the truth and, and with, for the betterment of the association. That's the hat we wear at that point. And you would not get the, you did not get the votes for the roast. I did not get the votes for the many things that I brought forward yeah. on it. And then which was the crazy thing when I heard, you know, part of it, I said, okay, these people aren't used to doing big events and they don't want to do the roast because they're saying, oh my God, the amount of work that's just going to happen. And then they were sold a bit of goods to say, this is a good idea and it's yeah. not going to be a lot of work. Right. Oh my God. Yeah, because they, they, they've, uh, they've, over the last six, seven, eight years, they've managed to recruit people on the board who, you know, 
how like-minded people. I'm, I'm never the popular guy because I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I, I've been voted 11 to 1 on a board <laughs> often. Because I cannot go against my grain. If I'm, you know, I'm just going to tell you, hey, look, this is awful. This this idea has so many holes in it. You haven't even foreseen the problems that you're going to have. Well, it's funny that they were afraid to do the roast. All those people are going to be going there. Any like these are all industry people that you don't have to tell them about. You don't have to get a message out there to what this event. You don't got to recruit. They know exactly what it is. They'll hear about this event. You have a list of them now that you can communicate with them. Then they think that that this. Uh, Cigar Con is going to be an easier event for them to do than than putting together a roast. That's what Dave's saying. How did this bill of goods get yeah, sold that's... to them? You know, I mean, it's it's rough. So now I just want to shift gears now to the manufacturer side because these are the guys I really feel sorry for because they got to participate no matter what, right, Dave? Yep. No blackout booths is what they said. Yep. You need to participate uh, if you're going to be on the show floor. So, it's, you know, there's the pressure to them that you must do this. The pressure to us was your, com- your competitors are going to sell the tickets if you're not going to. So your customer is going to look for a ticket. He's going to have to go to your competitor. You know, all these um, underlying things were set up where we're kind of forcing you into this idea. And that's when my, that was the final straw to me to say, okay, I'm backing out. I'm being forced to do something I don't want to do. Um, I'm going to pay the price. You know, maybe a consumer is going to look at me in a negative way, and I certainly hope not. I put myself out there saying I'm against it, and I and the consumer is probably looking and saying he's against us. And and honestly, I mean, I love the consumer. I'm not against them at all. I have three days a year to conduct business, and mostly it's with new people that I want to. Uh, get on board with and do it because we're already, like you said, making the deals beforehand with um, the bigger guys. So when I go there, it's, it's usually let me find the next new thing and all that um, and who wants to participate in our crazy events that we do and different stuff. So even at nighttime, I have, you know, you go to the bar and you're sitting with somebody and, you know, can you imagine the 4,500 consumers around and trying to conduct business? I, I don't conduct business on my trade show on my store floor or out in the lounge with the consumers i when when i'm not doing business sure i'm sitting with the consumer but when i'm doing business it's right. in the office you close the door and you and you're talking numbers and real in business it, it shouldn't be around the consumer you're talking business at the trade show pretty much all day even to the wee yeah. hours of the morning i mean whether even if you're just socially drinking we're talking business i mean that's what we're there yeah. for it's what we're doing and you, know, you brought up a good point because, like you know, I, like I said, I got in a situation with somebody on social media who thought I was being crass and and, and no, a little bit, <laughs> and and he didn't, you know, he, like I wasn't sensitive to the consumer's feeling. And my stance on this is that the consumer's feeling, and I'm sorry if you don't want to hear this, has no bearing on on this event because the concern is if this organization doesn't find a way to thrive and solve the real problem. You can have your cigar event this year or next year, but in three years, the organization won't be here. Right. So it's irrelevant, right? My, my long-term objective is to see this organization thrive. And this, my, How old is the organization? 87 years. Right. Okay? And in my opinion, this event already hit, is hitting a frail shell of, an, a frail shell of, an, of the egg that's already ready to crack, and it's not helping it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm speaking out, not because... I have anything against consumers. The c- consumers are who I cater to almost 365 days a year, Dave, and you know this. Yeah. What we do when we come up with an idea or an event or a promotion, our intent is how do we make an awesome experience for our consumer base, right? At our, at our store. At our store. Or, you know, sometimes right. not at our store. Some of our events are not at our store, but it's for our base, right? For 
Laura, yes. So, you know, for me to say, oh, yeah, now I have to be sensitive because, you know, you guys want to go. No, because that organization, that whole existence is for us to do a trade and trade business. And if that doesn't exist, then what's the point? And I believe that this event, because, look, here's the problem, too. Here's the second end of the thing. And, Dave, you know this better than anybody. When you do these type of events, your first one better be out of the park. Yeah. Right? If it's not out of the park, guys ain't walking out of there saying this is awesome, whatever. It's done. Right. It's not hap- It's not happening again. And everybody's going to know about it. Are you kidding in me? In this industry. It's done. Especially. Because if somebody's not happy with something, they'll tell 100 people. Right, exactly. Somebody loves something, he might tell 10 people, right? <laughs> that's going to give them more than they expected, not less than they expected, so they come back next year and they tell them. Right. And I think they're all going to get less than they expected. And I think yeah. what's going to happen is I've also said this, right? Because one of the guys says, it's been my dream to go to a trade show. I'm like, really? The, the consumers have been infiltrating the trade show for decades. It's been yeah. one of the problems. In fact, when Dave and I sat on the board, one of the issues we addressed was finally limiting badges because every Tom, Dick, and Harry was getting into the show. So, they didn't even want the, the media. They didn't want the cigar media yes. there. We had a fight yes. to let the media go and say, no, this is good that people are reporting from it. Let the media go. Why not? Right? But, yeah. but, Whatever but, you got to do, keep the consumer actually, out. Actually, that's exactly right. That was one of the things we worked on the board. Instead of just guessing or letting or letting them buy their tickets, let's make a media package and just vet people and get the right media in, right? Yes. So let's yeah. be more proactive toward it. So that's one of the things we actually worked on when we were on the board. But... You know, if this event isn't epic, it's gonna. It, you know, it's it's gonna be very hard for them to to try to pitch it next year. And you know, I think a lot of these consumers, what I've said is the smart ones who have been infiltrating the trade show over over the last ten, fifteen years. What they're gonna do is they're gonna acquire a badge from a retailer who has an extra one. Some of them even ask the retailers because I, I, I don't know what they sell a badge for now. Is it a hundred, hundred fifty bucks? I. I, I, I uh, so kind of like 150, yeah. For an extra badge, an extra you want an extra badge, badge yeah, yeah. right? Something so they'll, like they'll pay the retailer, yeah, hey, here's $100, give me a badge. And instead of going for this thing for three or four or five hours or this for one day, they get to walk the showroom floor for four days. And guess what? They're wearing a manufacturer's badge. They're going to walk out with 200 samples they didn't even ask for. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and how, do you, how are you going to convince these guys who are paying now $400 to get in for five hours that that's going to be the better path because I know a lot of these guys who were just infiltrating the trade show may buy this ticket. You but know? I believe they will buy it the first time because that's, they have no idea what what's going to happen. That's what I'm saying. They're going to go in, and then the problem's going to be year two and three mm-hmm. where they they hit they said at the press conference forty five hundred the first year, six thousand the second year, eight thousand the third. Oh, year. you're kidding me? No. So they have a three year plan. Uh, which was good to hear. They have a three-year plan, but uh, hearing it, and I'm like, oh my god, this is actually going to get worse because they. <laughs> what's going to happen after the first year is you did not overperform, and actually the number's going to be less. Who's going to show up the second year after? You know, you saw it. Now what? I'm really going for thousands of dollars. It's not just going to be the six, eight hundred dollars, whatever it's going to be to walk through the door. It's going to be. The FA, the hotel, the you know yeah, time, everything. I was going to say, I don't even think they conceived of the logistics of an eight thousand person event. I know cigars international. All right, and, and I know the team that puts on that event, and how many people are involved in doing that event. Okay, they do six thousand people over two days. Yeah, they take three thousand one day and three thousand the next. Right? If yep. they if they're, I didn't even hear this part, Dave, because I wasn't at the trade show this year. If if they're looking for upwards of eight thousand people, the second year, the third year, yeah, the the, the logistics they're talking about is it doesn't work. Whether it's even, I don't think I've ever seen eight thousand people on the showroom floor in the last ten years. Uh, yeah, 
No. And, and I guess they don't have anybody that sits on the board that does giant promotions to, to nearly that degree that can tell you mathematically this isn't going to work. We don't have the infrastructure or the, the staff to end up pulling it off unless they plan on hiring staff to end up doing it. Do you and we go hire... down in Las Vegas with that cost. Yeah, you need to hire staff all year. I mean, at least for six months a year. How are you 8,000 people going to work that showroom floor? It's going to have to... Here's what's going to happen. If here's, here's where they're going to have another problem. If it is successful, if Dave and I are both wrong, and somehow a blind squirrel found a nut and they throw a successful show and it does grow. And, mm-hmm. and let's, listen, I'll be happy to be wrong. I'd be very happy if I was wrong that, and it worked out. That's what people aren't understanding when you and I talk. I don't want it yeah. to fail. Yeah. It's not I'm against it. I just That's my opinion of my based on my experience in this industry and doing events is that this is way more problematic than they have anticipated. But if it does grow... They're going to have another problem because now the consumer day is going to be more important than the trade show. Yeah. You're going to need to take, okay, well, we're going to have now two selling days because now the consumer event is going to take up two. It's so poorly thought out whether it wins or loses. I, I, I right. Re- if there's going to be 8,000 consumers on one of the days, that's the show now. That's the show. Exactly. Uh, those are like the yeah. shows I go to for these marketing conferences that, that are 8,000 plus people. One, it is a nightmare, by the way, going to these shows in Vegas and, and in San Diego when I go. But two, the, the staff, the people that run these events, it's a full-time, like 30 to 40 person staff that runs this event. That's a multi-million dollar company that sure. runs these events. I go to two of them every year. They're all between six and 8,000 attendees well, in, in our industry, in the marketing industry. That it's a full company. It's their own company. Here's yeah. here's the here's the flaw. I think that, or the, the, you want to take a break. We're gonna we're gonna right, get, get this point. Okay. <laughs> you get yeah. Okay. So here's here's the flaw. I think that, that epic mistake is being made. And Dave, you could disagree or concur with it. But over the years, as I've seen people in my region try to emulate our Great Smoke event, yep. right? There are a few. I, I don't think they've realized. I think they 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 believe the board believes that this is the popularity of it and it's going to be an easy sell right the retailers across the country are all going to get their consumers to come we're going to get thousands of people and everybody's going to want to do this they just they get this thing they believe that like elves come out at night and well, everything I, magically I, happens i think i think the exact point you're trying to make is they they're on the field of dreams moniker of Building if, you, if, if right. you build it yeah. they will come yeah and i don't think they've even really deep dived how much building is involved before they even show up Right, yeah. so I think that's where they're going to be a problem. And after the break, let's talk a little bit more consumers. And, and you know, Coop's coming on, which I'm very interested because Coop is kind of has the opposite feeling about this. So I, I'm ready to kind of throw him on the grill and see. Who, Absolutely, where we'll he talk really to Dave about the manufacturing side of it yes. all as well, and well, that has to affect it. More here on KMA Talk Radio. Keep it lit. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram too. Yes, it's mandatory. Dan Blunt here for Alec Bradley Cigars. You ever plunk down hard-earned cash for a cigar? You're hoping you just bought yourself a nice drive through taste town. Only to discover you're in the slow lane with a clunker. That sucks. Say goodbye to bad rides. Test drive an Alec Bradley cigar today. At Alec Bradley, they get it. Whether we're talking about life or cigars... 
It's all about the ride. Fuel your soul and experience inspiration with the Aging Room Quattro Series by Rafael Nodal. More than just a master blender, but the inspired composer of four boutique masterpieces for the sophisticated palate of an aficionado. The Aging Room Quattro Series are a perfect core to flavor and aroma and are born from the best tobaccos aged under the expertise of one of the greatest names in cigar making. Truly the perfect notes for a genuine cigar smoking experience. Aging Room Quattro Series. A quartet of excellence. Hoya de Nicaragua proudly announces the release of Cuatro Cinco Reserva Especial, a carefully modified recipe containing a unique and exceptional selection of barrel-aged grade-A fillers and a beautiful silky shade-grown Habano wrapper. From the legendary Jalapa Valley, producing small quantities, this exceptional medium to full-bodied cigar will continue to captivate consumers with its rich Nicaraguan complexity, subtle woody and sweet flavors, and a velvety finish. Try a Cuatro Cinco Reserva Especial today. CLE Cigar Company presents CLE Cigars, Eroa Cigars, and Asylum Cigars. With four generations and over 120 years of experience in tobacco, from seed to smoke, these cigars are produced in Honduras and Nicaragua with the utmost care and precision possible. CLE Cigar Company introduces a vast array of tobaccos in various sizes to bring the highest quality of premium tobacco direct for your enjoyment. Visit CLECigars.com for more information. Since their humble beginnings in 1998, Drew Estate has believed that the production floor is the crossroads between art and passion and where the real magic takes place. Drew Estate Master Blender Willie Herrera has crafted a unique medium-bodied line extension that is creamy, lush, and ultra-smooth and finished off with a flawless shade wrapper that delivers satisfaction in spades. Continuing the story from their factory floor, it is with great bravado that the Drew Estate presents Under Crown Shade, a true Drew experience. Have you yet experienced a Toscano cigar? The full-bodied flavors and aromas of fire-cured tobaccos and a long aging time make smoking a Toscano a unique and exciting experience. Since 1818, Toscano has been one of the best-selling cigars in the world. 200 years of tradition are hand-rolled in the unique shape of every Toscano cigar. Smoking a Toscano is a way of life. Take part in a 200-year-old legacy of handmade, fire-cured Italian cigars. Available at your local premium cigar retailer. The Oliva family, the makers of some of the most affordable yet highest rated premium cigars available. For seven straight years, Cigar Aficionado has rated Oliva as one of the best cigars of the year. And Oliva has a cigar for all smokers. From the newly released Gilberto Oliva Reserva to the bold and rich Oliva Serie V. Oliva cigars can be found at a tobacconist near you. So always ask for Oliva. An unbeatable value and uncompromising quality. The Oliva family of cigars. Monitor three humidors at once from one simple device. Caring for your cigars is easy with the new PuroTemp wireless hygrometer from Zycar. You now have the ability to monitor the humidity and temperature in three humidors without even having to open them. Ensure protection by setting simple alerts that will warn you when your cigars are not in the optimal environment. Like everything Zycar, this is backed by their lifetime warranty. Stop by your local tobacconist to purchase yours today. Zycar for life. Welcome back. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. Welcome back to KMA Talk Radio. Broadcasting live, I am Adam K., the Brewmeister. With me, of course, Mr. Honest Abe. Hello, hello. And Paul. Hi. 
the Hi, best we can afford. Have I been staying on topic enough for you, Paul? Yeah, good job, kid. You're doing well. Uh, thank You're you going to go much. places, kid. I feel much better today. Yes, it's, uh, <laughs> everyone wants the praise of Paul. It's what the we're all here for. The praise of Paul? It sounds like a biblical thing. Mm-hmm. Book I, three of the praise of Paul. I, yeah. was, I was named after a biblical figure. Paul, originally Saul, changed his name to Paul. The Saint Apostle? Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul the Apostle. Wow, didn't yeah. you know that? And now, more useless information <laughs> right. that no one ever cared to know. Talking about not staying on topic. Yeah. Good, good job, go. Paul. Paul. Good yeah. job. I'm rubbing my nose for you. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I'm on, the king of my castle. On the phone, uh, we have our special guest, Mr. Dave Garofalo of Two Guys Smoke Shop. Dave, thank you for being here with us today. Oh, thanks and the, for having me. And the Cigar Authority. And the Cigar Authority, which you can hear later today at 12 o'clock on CigarAuthority.com. So as soon as you're done with KMA Talk Radio, switch on over to the Cigar Authority. Here you go. And uh, also joining us uh, from the hills of the Carolinas, Mr. William Cooper. Hey, good morning, everybody. Coop, welcome back to KMA Talk Radio, as always. Uh, We have been discussing the PCA, CigarCon, the topic that has been taking the cigar industry by storm. Consumers and manufacturers, retailers alike, have been ablaze with just overall thoughts, ideas, (laughs) and no one has any real idea what's actually going to happen. I've been licking my chops all week waiting for Coop to get on the show. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> Coop is ready for it. I, a lot of people have been commenting on his Facebook posts and whatnot, and and uh, Coop's like, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. So so let's hear it, Coop. I mean, you, I'm, I'm assuming you've been listening to the show. What's your take on everything that's going on? Well, well, first of all, Dave, I'm sorry I caused so much trouble for you this week. <laughs> uh, Coop, I gotta say, you have a big readership. Um, I, I say it on my podcast. I heard nothing, but. Boy, you, you put that out there, and I heard from every manufacturer there is, uh, along with consumers, everybody, and um, they're reading your stuff, that's for sure. Uh, may, maybe a slow media media day, I don't know what happened, but wow. <laughs> um, yeah, just I don't normally say this, but it was the most read story of the year. on, on Wow. Wow. So ser- seriously, it was, um, as, of, as of this morning. Um, so here, here's my take, and I've heard everything. Putting Cigar Con aside, this trade show is broken, okay? The the attendance issue was, frankly, an embarrassment to the industry this year. Um, it was sad to see our signature event. But don't get me wrong. Me covering the trade show, when it less crowded, was easier, but it was a sad thing to see. Um, and I hated seeing that. So I think something has to be done. Now, I... Dave, I, we've had some conversation on this. I, while I'm not against a consumer component, there are issues I have with the way they are proposing this right now. And I, they're still kind of trying to basically have this hybrid approach, which, I, again, it's, I think you mentioned earlier, they're trying to keep everyone happy. I don't see where they have the support for this, though, from the retailers. I don't see where they have the support from this in the manufacturers. And I haven't seen the financial case here. Now, if, if they had those three things, then I would say a consumer component is something that could be explored. I, I don't see those types of things yet. Um, what I do say is the trade show can't go on the way it is, and unless there's another option, this, it, this, we may see this transform from a trade show to a consumer uh, spectacle, so to speak. Well, I, I, that's, that's my take. Hey, well, I just want to be clear. You know, I'm not against a consumer component. I'm against a consumer component on the showroom floor during a showroom technical day, right? If if we if if they'd work toward this roast that that Dave mentioned earlier that we tried to put together when we were on the board, right? 
that would have been an awesome consumer event. And I'm telling you, me as a consumer, thinking as a consumer, getting dressed up in a nice black tie event, going to the thing with open bar and cocktails and seeing every manufacturing industry, retailers in the industry, not in a business setting, but in a nice gala setting where everybody was drinking and laughing and we're all laughing at each other. I think that would be way more of an epic experience than trying to walk a showroom floor just so I can get a cigar or meet somebody. Or if they get 8,000 people, do you think you're going to get a chance to talk to Pete Johnson or George Padron or Carlito Fuente? Right. It defeats the purpose you're of what they're even, saying. You're yeah. not even going to get a chance to say hi to them. I only get a couple thousand people at my event, and, and these guys barely can get a chance to get in and talk to them. And and think about the lines that are going to be... I, it, logistical nightmare. Yeah. Success or fail, it's a logistical nightmare. So I'm not... I just want you to understand, Coop, I'm not against a consumer component. Right. I'm not against... But the the venue and the event and how they've planned it, I'm just telling you, my, my opinion is, is an epic fail. And it's not going to work, in my opinion. It's not that I don't want it to work. I just think that they could have done a way better job. I think they fell short, right? They're trying to get the ball in the end zone and they're marching it 40 yards downfield and just stopped. It, it, it's it's not the answer to the problem. I think it, with a little creativity, a little more effort, a little more out-of-the-box thinking, they could have found a way to make consumers come to the show and, 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 and banked on 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 consumers. Listen to me. If you can get a venue to do a roast and it becomes an epic thing and you only got a room for 1,000 seats for consumers after the industry and the retailers all got their seats and then you can have an open like seating area where the, you can sell a thousand tickets and you sell out every year. Well, guess what? Guess what? You could do the ticket price next year. You raise it. You don't have to worry about getting more people. And if you sell it out again, guess what? You could do the year after that on that price ticket. Raise it again. Bump you still it don't up. have to right. And then the DVDs have more value because look, only a thousand guys got to go see this event. Everybody wants to see. So that's my issue. So I don't want you to think that I'm, I'm I have an issue with the consumer component to the event. I just think oh. this is like the worst possible idea they could have come up with. So I think IQ and we're not as far apart, maybe, because um, in terms of, I just think logistically this idea of having retailers kind of bring their consumers and, and escort them around. Look, my oldest son worked retail for a few years, um, and I know if this happened, his boss would probably tell him to be the one to walk the consumers across the show floor. You guys mentioned it earlier. That's not something, you know, walking and escorting customers at a trade show is not something that's an easy thing to do. There's logistical hurdles and things like that. That's a lot to put on the retailers who are there to do, as Dave said, to do business. That, I think, is the wrong approach there. Um, yeah, just to teach of, them how to do it yeah, is going to be sure. an impossibility. Yeah. It's a skill. No, it's a skill. It's a total skill. I mean, I've had to do it in my other jobs, and it's not an easy thing. And you're now, if this thing grows over, you know, like you said, 8,000 people, I don't know how they're going to handle that. Let me, let, I don't know. Let me give you just a perfect example here, right? Yeah. Dave, you have a huge following in your, in your thing. If you got behind this event, let's just walk through the insanity of this, right? If you got behind this event, promoted it, pushed it, realistically, and I have a number, I want to see how far off I am. Mm -hmm. How many of your clientele, I know you don't feel this way, but I'm just saying if you really believed in it and wanted to get behind it and do this, how many people do you think you could muster up to go to Vegas and meet you there for the event? For this event, the way it's planned? Just just say it was just, just without all the, the holes. If you just really wanted to promote it with your resources and your marketing and your and the, the pool of uh, followers and people mm -hmm. who support your business, how many people do you think and say you believed in the event, right? How many people yeah. do you, how many people do you think you could muster up conservatively? Maybe fifty you know, 
because it's, it's that expensive. Maybe okay. 50 tops, 100, 100 people that would go that kind of money. Right. I think you could probably get 100 people, right? So yeah. say you got 100 people. How are you chaperoning 100 people? Yeah. Right? So when now, what are you going to do? You're going to fly extra nine staff? Because I can't see how one guy could chaperone more than 10 people. Yep. Because when we want to go to the next booth, well, I didn't get my chance to talk to Carlito yet. I'm going to wait here. And then everybody gets, this is a catastrophe waiting to happen. Catastrophe. And for the, not only the logistics, for me to spend any time with those 100 people, let's say I spend 10 minutes with 100 people the whole, the whole time. Do the math. It's a thousand minutes, and I'm not spending any time with anybody. I'm doing a terrible job for everybody. When I run my my big dinners and stuff, there's 500 people there, and all the manufacturers and stuff. And literally, if I spend a minute with each one, that the, the uh, six hours is gone. If I spend a minute, he's, he's absolutely right. And, and and you know what? It's it, it's really fu- it's really funny because there's another guy who throws big events, right? It, it, the logistics of, of, of this, when I throw my event, I'm sure you're the same way, Dave, right? You know, we're controlling every aspect of the event. I don't even like, I, I get very nervous and unfounded when I, there's an aspect of the event that I don't have control over because then I have to have to complete faith in somebody else to do their job right, which right, right. petrifies me half the time. Whatever. Right. Absolutely. So I just want you to understand, they want to make a successful show, but they're going to really have no say in what the retail, what the manufacturers are going to do. Control of how they make. They have to count on the manufacturers to do their part. They want to count on retailers to go out and sell this, and then bring people. There are so many different facets of which they will have zero control over, and how it comes out. I just cannot see how this works. Yeah, I have um, just a cigar dinner that I do with five hundred people. There's eighteen people working that um, event. 500 people, 18. 500. Right? Do the, ratio, the math, right? and you're going to need 180 people to do 4,500 people just to work the event. You need 180 people. And in, 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 uh, you're talking Las Vegas, and, and they're going to make, make sure it's going to be some uh, um, crazy $180, $200 an hour labor rate that's yeah. going to happen there, and it's going to go six yeah. hours long, and, boy, it's going to trickle right into all that money. So there goes all your profits out the yeah. window. And, and listen to me, and it's already, well, now let's go talk about the manufacturers, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's already profit thin, right? They're, they're already working on such a low margin because they're giving show deals. They have such an expense. The expense goes up every year. they got to fly out all their employees. Well, I heard some insane thing like $3,000, $4,000 to hang a banner well, yep, so, above so a booth, right? Saka said that his that the carpet he had at his uh, at his booth, it was a nice nice carpet. Delicious. Six thousand dollars and he has a he has a small booth it's, it's like and two it's, booths and it's very minimal yes just for the carpet he yeah. said it's six grand it's it's so yeah you, they're they're already working on such a thin margin that now there's no chance of right making a and, and as a manufacturer dave right as an as exhibitor at this event right my thing is and we t- tapped on it earlier is you guys have no choice there's no blackout you got to be involved you want to be in trade show because Paul asked me during one of the breaks, you know, you know, if you don't support this, what could they possibly do? Well, that was a question from one of our uh, listeners, okay. well, Frank. What they could possibly do is not let me be a member, which let me tell you something. And and Dave probably going to be on the same boat with me, right? I send my dues in every year whether I go to the show or not because that's my support for the organization, right? Um, I, I, I and, and that will continue to happen. Uh, if they don't take my money and want to kick me out, guess what they just did to me? They, I saved whatever it is I spend there. They made there. it. They made oh, it sure. easier. Yeah, I mean, so I, there really is no ramification for a retailer who doesn't want to support the event. But you also haven't been there in quite some time. Uh, listen right? to me. Here's my thing. 
earlier since on, I've known you, I think earlier on when I didn't have children, my kids are young. It was me and my wife. It was a good vacation for us. Hey, you want to go to Vegas Friday? Absolutely, we'll go to Vegas Friday. I'll do some business while there. I get to write it off for a company trip. You know, it's great. Now I got kids. I don't want to not be around them for five, six days. And I'd rather, it's always during the summer, and I don't want to, it's my time of year. There are parents who like when their kids are in school. I get very depressed when my kids are in school all year because I get to see them less. So I love my summertime with my children. It, it loses out to spending time with my family every year. It's just not that important. So there's no ramification, but for the manufacturers, there are, right? They got to participate. They got to be there. You, Dave, as an exhibitor and anybody else who participates in this would pick up the burden of the cost of the whole floor for that day for this event. Yeah. Of which is... As, and I'll tell you, as a retailer, this year was the week, the week previous to 4th of July. It ended on July 2nd. It coincidentally was the second biggest week in our company history in retail. Huh. And I had four people away from the show. I could have used those four people yep. and I could have used extra people. Yep. But instead, it was quite the opposite. I had less. So That's awful. the organization says, we're going to save money. It's a retail organization. We're going to save money. We're going to pick this terrible, terrible week for you, the retailer. Yep. And I don't care even if you're in Florida. It was Fourth of July week. And people are going to buy cigars for the cookout or whatever's going to end up happening. You're going to have a damn good week. And this is what they ended up choosing to do it, which was directly against the retailer. The manufacturer, on the other hand, um, you know, they are uh, coming out with new products, maybe they would, would, would be better off, and this has been an argument for years and years, of having it earlier in the year. But there's something going on with the people that are on the board of IPCPR. A lot of them are the same board that are on TAA. Conflict of interest. And yep. they're protecting each other and saying, okay, let's stay away and let's let cross fields and things like that that's happening there. But it's, it's not best for the retailer, nor is it best for the manufacturer. Or best for the organization, in my opinion, as well. Right. I mean that's that's really bad. I'm not, now maybe maybe uh, you know the answer, Dave. If not, maybe Coop, you know it. Chime in, right? Because I'm very interested, Dave. How, how many exhibitors are there on the floor? Two hundred and fifty. So you get two hundred and fifty yep. exhibitors. So let's let's hang on here. The event that I do has forty five. Uh, yeah, forty six last year. Okay, forty six. So yeah. two hundred and fifty. Yeah. I from what I understand, and from what I've heard, and I, there's so many stories going on, I could be wrong, but. The package, basically, that when you go to it, comes with 30 cigars. Mm -hmm. Which 30 do you get from the 250 exhibitors? Or say, Whatever you, say whatever you want. You go shopping. You're on a shopping spree, and you walk over to the booth, and you say, oh. I would like one of these. Yeah. And then the little card or bracelet that you have on scans off the point off that. So everybody oh. has to be prepared for whatever's going to end up right, happening. So, so you're going to bring give away a lot more. Oh, yeah, hold on. Yeah. This gets even better. Hang on. Oh, I'm loving this. So... So, so that's amazing. So, you got to now. Are they compensating the manufacturers for this, or is this another added expense to the manufacturers? A, a very minimal compensation, a small amount, and putting back onto my manufacturing hat, a distributor's hat. At this point, we carry a brand that's a thirty dollars retail cigar. Um, That'd be Anabay, right? This out, right. Yes, and we don't even pass this out to. Um, Retailers that come over that just want to try it or just trick or treat or whatever, we sit down with them. You want to smoke a cigar with us? Smoke it. It's a thirty dollars cigar, and let's let's make a decision if it's right for your store or not. I got to imagine the consumer is going to go in there and say, "I'm going to have a Davidoff. I'm going to have a Petronio Rosario. I'll have an Atabay and Byron," and they're going to pick higher end cigars. And a lot of these cigars that we have, 
there's only 200 boxes of this particular cigar, cigar made, or here's the new one for the year, and there's only 250 boxes of this being made for this year, it's all going to be gone because that's what they're going to want. Just or at the trade show. Them, you can't have this. I'm the guy on Halloween that shuts my lights off right. uh, on <laughs> Halloween, and I'm a bad guy for doing it. So there's no win for us. Oh, it's, a, it's a lose-lose because you're right. They're going to come in with expectations of that cigar. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and when they don't get that cigar, and you give them something that's you know more moderate that you have plenty of that you may want to promote, perhaps something in a yes. right, and they're going to be upset. Then they're, un- then they're upset point. with you. So there's no win here. And then I just like to see how how it's going to work out too. When I'm not even going to mention any names, but when when they get to the miracle number of eight thousand people, when certain manufacturers will be literally giving out. 8,000 cigars, and they see the guy next to him will give out 10. Right, exactly. That's right. what I'm right? thinking of. Because if you're looking yes. at 30 out of 250, the majority of them won't give out one cigar. The majority will not give out one cigar at this event. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It just even went from a bad idea to a worse idea, because I didn't even know this aspect of it. Right. At your event, everybody's in the same boat. Everybody gets the same 45, 46 cigars. Correct. Right? right? Now, they they have to walk around. They meet the They walk to the table. They meet the manufacturer, the, the principal. If the guy, I mean, there are certain guys who really abuse it, like hold up everybody because they would. We're not going to mention any names. Yes, Scott Weeks. Um, <laughs> He's listening. <laughs> and we won't mention any names at all, Scott Weeks. But <laughs> yeah. we love him. Yeah, Scott, Scott wants to talk to everybody. every single guy, right? Yep. But but yeah. you know, it's, it's it's an experience, right? But there are going to be guys now from the logistics and the math. You're telling me that the majority of these vendors won't have to give away one thing. Because you're asking the consumers to pick their favorite 30 out of 200-plus exhibitors. Is this what I'm understanding? Yep. Oh, this just Whatever went, you want. This just went bad. Shop this, for what you want. This just went from bad to worse. It may be shop for a, a brand that you brought the people in, and they all want a brand or, or whatever, for whatever reason, they take a brand that you don't carry. And now uh, are they directing you to say, and, and this is a, a major mistake for any retailer, that... Uh, you know, it's again terrible to end up saying out loud, but I'm going to say it: <laughs> to let the consumer decide how to run your business and what you should be carrying, what you shouldn't be carrying, which is what is going to ultimately happen here at that point. Then you're, you're forced to carry something, and then you do take that cigar in. And Abe, I'm sure it's happened to you that you've taken something in because your consumers say to take it in. Let's say some Lancero something, and you take it in. <laughs> and the next thing you know, it doesn't sell at all. And here you are sitting on the boxes that this guy, yeah, I, I was dying to get it. And he buys a single cigar, and the party's over. And right. What are we doing with it? Hey, I, I, they, they sold me on that Lancero dream like twice. I don't think I'm ever be talked into buying a Lancero <laughs> for a consumer again. But, by the way, You're Scott. better man than me because I went, I went more than twice. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, by the way, Scott Week says that that comment hurts so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know he's laughing about it. And, so we have a lot of uh, manufacturers watching right now, a lot. And Eric Espinoza said, partially as a joke, I think, but he did say, like, they, they should also try... I, did his comments start with bro? No. <laughs> okay, I just curious. I'm sure then he it's said not, it. Then it's not a true comment. I'm sure he said it. Yeah, go ahead. But he said, uh, bring the show to Miami. Everybody's already down here. Yeah. The trade show. Yeah. Well, listen Make to me. it smaller. Make it less costly. Sure. Okay. Bring it to the Dominican Republic. Turn it into a festival. Because here's the problem. These kind of things require work. You have a volunteer board, right? But for them to change where it, it requires is. major work. And, right. you something, and I've said this before, and I don't know if I've ever said it on the air, so if I'm getting off topic, Paul, rub your nose, let me know. <laughs> um, but but I said before is, you know, sometimes you as an organization or, or even like a plant, right? If you if you trim a plant, right? You hurt it a little bit. You cut the trim, but it's for the better overall growth long run, right? I've said 
Right, they, it may be small for a year or two, and then the, it'll they grow. They should limit the booth sizes at the show, right? Oh, but that's our revenue. Yeah, but you know what? You make for a worse show, right? This footprint has quadrupled in my in my lifetime, right? I don't care how many people. You, this show's always going to look dead. It's going to look completely yeah. dead. Because it's so huge. And it just it becomes an ego show, right? Who's got the yeah. bigger booze now? This guy's... Limit the booze. Make a better show. And you want to know what? You could do it in Miami. You know? Absolutely. But, but, but all these things require effort and out-of-the-box thinking. And, and it's, it, unfortunately, in life, people like to take the path with the least resistance. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, guys. I would love to stay on. Unfortunately, I have to do my own show that starts in 10 minutes. Uh, but I can't thank you guys enough for having me on here. And uh, I hope I added to the show. It was a great I show, Dave. I gave you from the heart my feelings of it. Thank I love you. the consumer. Yeah, If it's coming across that, that I don't, I, I certainly don't want that to happen. Um, I love you. I want you. But uh, I, I just need a, a few days a year to try to do my overall business. As far as the IPCPR goes... Uh, I love that organization. I served six years, uh, zero pay, um, uh-huh. and a lot of heartache to go along with it. But <laughs> I, I try to do my best for the industry. I love this industry. I, I've done 34 years, and I hope to do another 34 years in it. I love it. Uh, I don't want it to come off across like that. And I know, Abe, you're the same way. We're, we're saying something to actually be constructive criticism, constructive, yeah. to help this industry, not to hurt it. Uh, and I hope it comes off that way. Well, thanks. thank you guys for having me on. Thank yeah, you, Dave. Really uh, appreciate thank you, Dave. it. Thank you. Dave, thank you for being here. That's Dave Garofalo of Two Guys Smoke Shop. Uh, make sure you check him out. On the Cigar Authority, uh, Coop is still here with us. Uh, Coop Loop. Yeah, we're going to yeah. take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Coop about his thoughts and more about this entire... We're going, we're going long today, so everybody yeah. knows, right? So this show is going to go until we're done. We're so. testing a new format, shorter commercial breaks, yes. fewer commercial breaks. Yes. Fewer commercials, more action, right here on KMA <laughs> Talk Radio. Keep it live. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too! Yes, it's mandatory. Hi, this is Nish Patel from Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. I want to introduce you guys out to our Old World Reserve Corojo made in a Honduran facility. What a beautiful medium-bodied cigar. When you light it up, it's got a gorgeous white ash, and you get that sweetness from that delicious Corojo wrapper, a little bit of spice, and a lot of nuttiness. Go to your local brick and mortar, check out the Old World Reserve Corojo. You will not be disappointed. Again, what a delicious cigar. In the heart of Santiago, Dominican Republic, on the rolling floor at La Aurora Cigar Factory is a section reserved only for the elite. Cigar rollers work for over 10 years to simply get the opportunity to make a historic cigar. Those cigars are La Aurora Preferidos. Featuring six different wrappers in a perfecto shape, take part in a legendary tradition that started the Dominican cigar industry. Look to the lion. La Aurora Cigars, king of the pride since 1903. Looking for something unique and awesome? Smoke Oscar Valdaris Cigars. 2012 Connecticut. 2012 Corojo. 2012 Maduro. The Oscar Habano. The Oscar Maduro. My Way. And our latest creation, Oscar Valdaris Cicerone Edition. A great cigar that comes in five different collectible boxes with an amazing exclusive artwork. Remember, Oscar has something unique and awesome waiting for you. Ask for Oscar Cigars in your favorite cigar shop. 
Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, and its master ligador, Steve Saka, is crafting the very finest cigars available today. One such brand is his Sober Mesa, a lush liga with a creamy core laced with abundant notes of cedar, cocoa, and cafe, which is punctuated by a telecherry peppercorn retrohale, pleasing to the nose and providing the smoker a delightfully sweet, lingering finish. This cigar is a refined, balanced, and complex blend intended for the experienced palate. Ask your tobacconist for Sober Mesa today. Sacalicious. With over 20 years in the cigar industry, Eric Espinoza has done it all. He began in retail, became a sales manager, developed and owns his own brands, and today is internationally known as a manufacturer of top quality premium cigars. Nothing gives Eric more pleasure than to be able to make his own cigars for consumers worldwide to enjoy. Experience cigars made in the Espinosa way. La Ranja Reserva, Murcielago, 601 and Espinosa Habano in Connecticut. For more information, visit EspinosaCigars.com. Hey, fools, how about a game of cutthroat? Your funeral? That's my kind of game. Arnold, I hope your pool playing is better than your choice of cigars. Here, try this Rickloose cigar. You're going to need all the help you could get. Hey, don't be stingy. Let me get one of those. Rickloose. Wow, that's a good smoke. Now I can bring my A game. Hey, I think you should stick with that Rickloose cigar and work on your B game because you don't have an A game, and, and I know a little something about games. Boom. Hey, sucker, go buy yourself a Rickloose cigar and do it today. Awarded the 2014 Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year. With numerous 90-plus ratings, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Cigar celebrates Tabacalera Perdomo's 20 years as one of Nicaragua's largest premium cigar manufacturers. Using only the highest priming tobaccos grown exclusively by the Perdomo family, the 20th Anniversary Cigar has a tremendous profile with layer upon layer of rich, elegant, complex flavors. Visit your nearest authorized tobacconist today and experience the masterful blend of these Nicaraguan puros. Now available in extremely limited edition pyramid size in Sungrown or Maduro. Great and fun times are always made better with great food. Come experience the new menu by Rum Shack at the world-famous Spearmint Rhino in West Palm Beach, featuring exciting new and delicious offerings. Experience their one-pound New York Strip Steak Special for just under $15 daily until 10 p.m. Enjoy a fine lunch without breaking your wallet every Tuesday and Saturday from their $7 lunch menu. No matter the time or day, the kitchen is open till close at Spearmint Rhino, West Palm Beach. Welcome back. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. Oh, welcome back to KMA Talk Radio. I am Adam K., the Brewmeister. We are here broadcasting live. Nice little uh, guitar riff in the background. As you can always say. With me, of course, Mr. Honest Dave. Hello, hello. And uh, Paul. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, Paul. Very nice Hi. of Dave to take time out of his busy schedule. And, uh, Absolutely. You know, you, I mean, and he's going, literally, he's going on the air now. Yeah, yeah. He's got their own studios. He's going on his show right now. And um, I'm going to try to get Dave in one of his trips because Dave goes to, you know, DR or Nick Roboff. Hopefully, when he flies through Miami, we come on and get come him on the show. Yeah. Come in here. Yeah. Do the show live in the studio. Absolutely. Love to have Dave on. With the Atabay, what is the, is that like a, it's, I've it's, never heard of it. It's, so. it's a very boutique brand, very expensive, very high-end uh Cubanesque, that's their marketing. Do other retailers sell it or just him? No, he has a United, United. Uh, I think it's called United Cigar, United Cigar Company. Um, he has a, a, a group where he has brands that he distributes. Oh, okay, okay. And so he may, you know, Atterbay is one of the brands. That I'm not sure if he owns it or it's just one of the brands that he distributes. Right. But, um, yeah, it's one of the ones he sells. and It's a very high-end brand. So it's up there with the Anniversarios or the Davidoffs mm-hmm. in pricing. So Okay. Coop is still on the line. Yes, we have Mr. Yeah. William Cooper here. Coop, how we doing? Yeah, 
doing well, doing well. You know, the Atabay—it's made in Costa Rica, so there's a higher labor rate. And I've been to that factory where they make the Atabays, and they really do. There's a real intensive like process in terms of the fermentation they do on there, and of course the packaging as well. So there's a lot that goes into. You know, it's an expensive cigar, but there's actually a lot that goes into that one. Yeah, we're getting a lot of comments actually on the Facebook page. Kevin Acuff is saying it's a great cigar. A lot of people say that they like it. So legit, legit. It's a legit cigar. It's no. Expensive, but it's legit. Right. I mean, look, a lot of cigar expensive cigars. Most, most. I won't say a lot. A lot of most of expensive cigars are pretty legit cigars, but. The niche and the client pool that's going to be a regular smoker of that kind of cigar is small. So you know yes, you really yes. have to have the market and the clientele that of something to you know you know I mean that's a cigar that everybody might try once, and not even everybody will try once at that kind of price right. point. But you, nobody's smoking boxes like, of that. I like mean, the very unicorn. few people mm-hmm. are smoking boxes of that on a regular basis. Yeah. So, anyways, Coop, thanks for being on. Always appreciative there, buddy. No, I mean it was just, this was you know that was kind of a historic show. You think about it. you and Dave are like two, you know, retailers who've kind of gone through this media world right now, and that was a, a little bit of history being made today. So that was great. I was yeah, it was very um, I was very uh, I don't know about surprised, but unexpected of a lot of the shock that I got. People who reached out to me when like, is Dave really coming on your show? I'm like yeah, <laughs> I mean we know each other, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And he changed numbers occasionally. And he didn't hesitate at all. His responses, I, I would love to be on your show. It's an <laughs> he was honor. awesome. Yeah, thank you. I, you know, and then look, because look, even though Dave and I sometimes don't agree on things, right? We've sat on the board, a couple advisory committees together, right? And we don't always agree on things. We have a, a very mutual respect for each other. But Dave's like me. We're very passionate about the industry. My concern, and this is where I kind of you know went off on you a little bit on social media this week, Coop. You know, <laughs> I agree with Steve Hernandez. Um, who's... Who, <laughs> Who Steve Hernandez, who is a brother, I love him, is not a consumer or a manufacturer, you know. So what? What? Or a retailer? He's mm-hmm. neither of the three, really. So what? what why does your opinion have that much weight? Well, you know, and and I have a question for Coop because Coop has has mentioned many times on both his podcasts and here that the the cigar media has has kind of not gotten the the kind of and Coop, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but maybe not the kind of respect that you guys might deserve in the past and and things have changed and i think when abe was on the board it's things still, have changed it's still not where it should be so how no. do you how do you think that this is going to affect you having the cigar cigar con having the, the 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 consumers come in do you think it would be a positive change for you or like i think you're probably going to get even more forgotten now in, in the back there in the back end there because point. there's eight thousand could potentially be eight thousand people there right paul you nailed it on the head i have a very concern about losing that first day right because you know, there's the big events, right? And Abe's event, it's very hard for actually for me to do media coverage at Abe's event because it's so crowded, right? I mean, there's lines that are going there, and I, I've seen what these guys have to do. And then you have, of course, you know, Cigar Internationals one, which is even bigger, which I don't make the time to go because again, I'm not going to get the time. When you have to, when you have to get quality time with the manufacturers, right? Um, and I don't necessarily have to meet with Rocky Patel. I can meet with one of his reps. Because, again, the way I'm doing it is more product coverage, trying to get photos and things like that. And we have asked as media for years, can we get early floor access so we can do some of the things like get the photos so we're not interfering with this? You're right. And, not in, not affect business. and yeah. Right, right. And we've been told it's an insurance reason, okay? That's what we've been told. Which we is can't funny. Get on which is funny because I've seen Cigar Dave on the showroom floor early every time I've ever been to a trade show. <laughs> or, or, or a half wheel can buy a booth space, and that changes the game. And I'm not begrudging them. They bought booth space. 
So if you buy booth space, you can get on the floor early, okay? Or if I oh, go, there you go, Coop, unquote, that's your solution. Yeah. Just buy a booth. You don't have an extra thirty grand laying around, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I heard Charlie was on uh, the developing pallet show the other yeah. night, and he was talking about the costs associated with this. And I couldn't justify an ROI like that, right? Or, or I can volunteer to work for a manufacturer, and I can get on the show floor early. But media, for some reason, can't, right? And what if if online media is not there, and this this the ROI suddenly goes, I'll be there next year, right? I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna be there. If the ROI goes away, right? You know what's going to happen if the ROI goes away from everyone? They're going to go back to having, hopefully, that cigar aficionado or one of the print publications put one or two sentences about their booth instead of the depth of coverage. You know, I was saying, okay, I was saying that I think online media may have led to the consumer day because guys like the Stogie Review, who really pioneered this video stuff, gave people a glimpse into this trade show for the first time right. and kind of showed them the vibe of the trade show, the Florida trade show. I think guys like that might have actually led to people wanting to have a consumer day. But at the same time, those guys have been doing this for years, and they do a good job at it. So you didn't answer my question, though. I wasn't sure he was done talking. I was <laughs> yeah, like, we're, we're all waiting. So, but, but what is your – I know, obviously, you don't know really for sure, but, but in your opinion, your hypothesis, how do you think this will affect – the way the media is treated, because obviously the consumers are on the side of the media, I believe, at least on our Facebook page right now, on the live feed, people are saying, well, they rely on the media to, to inform them Absolutely. on the products, mm-hmm. on the on the stories behind the products, on the reviews. So, But having a consumer day like this is just going to limit your time even more. Not only limit the time, limit the, his, his purpose. Yeah. Right. Right? Because yeah. now instead of people, look, look, I, and Coop will tell you, I've been one of the guys that's embraced bloggers, bloggers, social media guys, for a long time, right? Before they were popular, right? Since back in the day when Sokka had his site, right? I mean, wasn't well, he one those, of the... those were boards back then. It was kind of right. different. It evolved into what, like, Coop does and a lot of guys do. And, you know, for, for many, many... I mean, in earlier shows, we used to have the Bloggers Corner where I invited a lot of right. these guys on the show, and then we just realized, while they may be great bloggers, they can't really talk well <laughs> on the right. air. And that segment didn't last too long. But... You know, it's it's one of those things where, as a retailer, I love these guys because that used to be my burden, right? Guys would come in, what was it to show this year? And I'd have to tell the same conversation 100, 200 times right. to my you know customers when they would come in, which is, you know, I don't mind. It's my job. I want to share it to you. But, you know, after the 54th time, you're like, all right, here we go. <laughs> they had this. They had this. They had this. I bought this. I've got this. This is coming in. This was great. Didn't care for the... This is great when these guys, when consumers went to them, it was, honestly, sometimes I go to them to get information. Yeah. I don't get, some of these manufacturers, and Coop will tell you, are awful in, in feeding information out. I've called oh, manufacturers, oh. oh, you got this news release coming out? I read it on, you know, Coop's you know, page, what's going on? <laughs> and so, meanwhile, Coop had, go, yeah. Coop had to beat them over the head to get the information, too. But, half of them. It, yeah, it's, 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 it's nuts. Paul, to answer the question, I don't think it's, believe it or not, I don't think most of the media guys who are covering right now will drop. Maybe they'll lose one or two, right? But most of the guys I talk to, I think, will come back. Will okay. it change the way the show is covered? I think it will, and that's, uh, that's going to have to be seen what happens. But I think right now I'm concerned about losing a day of coverage, and that could, that can, some of the volume can go down. So if companies are wondering why I'm not going to their booth, right, it's because they were too crowded on a consumer day to cover it. Coop, I think the real question is here is, do you think the relevance of your coverage will be diluted? Yes, I'm concerned about that. Because it's not there, that mystique that you can't well, be there. Not only that, but on top of, you know, the, in my opinion, there's like really, I can count on my one hand, yeah. maybe two hands. I'll extend it to two. 
the reputable guys who are doing a phenomenal job for this industry as far as coverage, mm-hmm. right? Which is not a lot. But now you're going to have 8,000, well, I mean, whatever the number is. Consumers with videos, selfies, news, typing. I mean, basically, what you're going to have is a day of basically every consumer blogging and talking about what's going on in the Tracer floor. So does that dilute what the quality media guys like Coop and a lot of these other guys, you know, the dojo guys, what they do? So I don't know. I mean, I, I, think, I think that's where it becomes maybe a little bit problematic or worrisome for a guy like you, Coop. Yeah, I think for me a little less so, but let's say guys like Dojo this year who, who expanded to do more live coverage on the show floor. And videos. And, and, and yeah. videos. That's the part that's going to hurt because now you're going to be competing with some of the consumer stuff in a very compressed time frame. A lot of stuff we do is a little more analytical and it's a little more detailed. We're, we're after the trade show, we cover a lot. So... I think I'll hit. I think during the actual trade show time is what I'm concerned about. You know, a lot of companies will announce products, but they won't unveil it until the trade show, right? Until the trade show opens. So now, if consumers are on there snapping pictures, they could be doing that before we're actually getting our stuff out there right now. And that was that's a concern we had. It was it was brought up at the press conference for the media as well. Like, you know, hey, how is this going to be rectified? That's why we've been pushing for the early access again because I think that's something where. We could do a really good job. We can give them good quality photography, get them the, the correct details. You know, I don't think consumers are going to have accurate details. That's not, not knocking the consumers because I think they do. You know, I think there's a part is the social media, but we're taking a lot of time to make sure that information, validate that information is correct before it goes out. Well, there. yeah, you're professionals. <laughs> but, no, I, you know, I, I love the fact that a fan can, can interact and see that part, so I don't want to dispute that, but I don't think it should be a substitute for what we're doing, which is there's a lot more process involved but, with it. But if I understand it right, your situation's got even worse now because not only do you not have early access, you, if I'm correct, you're not even going to be able to get on the showroom floor until technically the second day after the thousands of consumers have already been on the floor. I don't, it, we, you know, it didn't sound like that was going to be the case, but that we don't know that for sure yet. Um, and if that happens, then, then you're going to see that ROI pro- become a serious problem where, I, I, you may see some more guys drop off. They don't get that access to first. Day. Not only that, but in my opinion, it's, it's a complete disservice to you guys who have been supporting this industry and creating some of the best content for what we do if they actually do that to you guys. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see a lot of the small guys really get hurt from this, too, unfortunately, because if they're the guys who are cut off from some of this coverage just because of time constraints, that's where this is really going to hurt, where I think online media for the first time gave some of these smaller content companies a lot more exposure than they normally would have had at a trade show. No, absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. That is exactly like yeah. a lot of these guys have made their name thanks to social media and other bloggers and putting things out there. And, and then when aficionado calls them, they forget about us. That's the funny part. We don't exist. When, oh, oh, we did aficionado. We can't take your phone call. That's the other problem. <laughs> Not like you want to name any names or anything, right? No, nobody does that, right? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's true. Let me tell you, it is very true. And it's, it's frustrating, like, uh, more than anything, because then not only are we trying to call to get the information, no one's talking about it because it's this embargo window. And that's a huge problem for, you know, if we want to remain relevant. If we're held off two weeks before we can say something, then we got a question if it's worth covering. I agree. So, so yeah. I want to ask Coop, just, well, you got a question? Uh, Nimish. Go ahead, with Nimish. What's Ooh. up, Skinny? N- By the way, just, I just want to clarify out there that Nimish, Sock, and I have had this weight loss thing where we all supposedly met our goal. Mm-hmm. So I won't mention any names, but but you um, definitely made your goal. 
I made my goal. Yeah, I'm early. Absolutely. No, yeah, a week, week early. Yeah. So I'm going to just announce, if you haven't read on social media, that we have kind of went double or nothing now. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue our weight loss challenge for another four months. November 15th, there will be one definitive loser. I thought it was November 8th. 8th. What, oh, 15th is another event. Sorry. 8th yeah, yeah. cross. Thank you for correcting me. November yeah. 8th. I hope I didn't post 15th on no. social media. I, I oh, you can use the 8th. You said the 8th. Okay, okay. good. Yeah. So, so November 8th. And Coop is rumor free, so he knows. We, yes. <laughs> yes. We will have a reveal event where one of us, and I'm basing this on the starting number of us reaching our goal, right? Mm-hmm. So if you fidgeted on that number, it's only going to be that much harder to reach the second goal, <laughs> right? Because right? you're already starting a deficit. I don't know who you're referring to. Nobody in particular. But, um, <laughs> Suckalicious. Wow. Okay. Well, Colin. Colin, IQ, I didn't say nothing. So um, we're going to, somebody's going to come out of a limo in 100% drag. It'll be a Rocky Patel Dunbarton and Trust, Steve Saka. They'll be in one of our locations here in South Florida, okay. and somebody's going to come out and drag. Losing I am bet. supposed to be away that weekend. I might change my plans. So it's happening. So, anyways, what, what did, you reminded me with Nimish. So what Nimish, did Nimish want? Nimish just said, and and a couple of people are agreeing with him. He said, why, "Why is no one talking about the money generated from CigarCon to fight the FDA and protect because the, the money's irrelevant? That's why it was involved. Because why, the money's irrelevant. That's why it was created. We don't know. We don't know the cost yet. I mean, that's the whole thing. Here's the it's problem. It's going to generate the money, yeah. right? The money's irrelevant because once again, and you know, he, he's just trying to stir up stuff. Because I had this whole conversation with him a day ago, which he agreed with me, and now he's trying to post stuff. But mm-hmm. let me tell you something: the money's irrelevant because here's the thing." A wise guy once told me, you can't be at everybody's wedding, right? You need to pick a lane. What do you want to do? You want to throw a consumer event? You want to raise money for lobbying, right? Whatever money they raise, if they, well, here's Coop. How, how many people do you think? Because, you know, they're talking thousands here now, but just picture this. Dave was reluctant to think that he could get 50 people. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to just tell you something. There are very few retailers at Dave's level in this industry. No. I could right, probably, yeah, Coop, Coop said that in his, I can probably count on two of my hands. So if Dave's getting 50, mm-hmm. And then you start adding all the Joe Blows. How? Where's this four thousand coming? Now a lot of it may not be consumer based, and local guys will drive and want to be at the event. But the money that you raise, uh, all right, you could raise in other fashions without destroying the show that you're trying to raise it for. If you don't have an IPCPR and you don't have a trade successful trade show that funds the IPCPR, then you don't have an organization. So then if you just want to create an event that wants to raise money for lobbying, then go out and make a cigar event every year in the middle of Vegas. It has nothing to do with the trade show. Run it. The trade show The trade show organization could run that event, right? Not during a trade show. And then that 100% could go through. And I bet you they get a lot of good manufacturers who would volunteer their efforts mm-hmm. to help them organize it, who have experience doing it. It's just not well thought out. So you can't just say, oh, because we hope to raise money that it makes all these bad decisions okay doesn't fly with me, right? Abe, you guys, from what I understand, they're not giving margins on these tickets to the retailers, right? So the way you sell, I mean, the way sales 101 is you have to incense your <laughs> salesperson. Okay? Absolutely. Sales you have to incense your salesperson. So if you're, trying, if you're trying to have an event with 100 people, okay, I get maybe not having a margin. If you're trying to get 4,500 people and you're not giving the retailer a, a reason to make some money on these tickets, I know, I know they're trying to raise money for the cause, but still, it's a flawed idea. It's, it's, it's a violation of sales 101. And, that, and, that's, and that's the problem. Like, Nimish keeps saying, why are you against this? I'm not against it. We're not against it, yeah. It's I, just I, a I, bad, I, bad idea. 
And let me tell you something, when it falls on its face the first year, it'll have already done the damage, it'll have strained relations with the manufacturers, strained relations with the retailers, consumers are going to be upset because it was a piss-poor experience, and then what do you have? You know, I, I just can't sit by and say, oh, you know, look, and this is the exact expression that I, I, I talked to Nimish about, because you know, he never knew about my, my uh, roast idea. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, you've all managed to paint this wonderful Van Gogh painting in front of you that you're all staring at and looking at and seeing how beautiful it is, Right. But it's a false, it's a fake. It's not real. And then when I told them what my concept was, he said, oh, well, yeah, I agree. That would be a way better idea. Well, there you go. You know, you, you've, you're looking at it through a perspective where you've convinced yourself that this is going to do great things. And I just I just don't think it was well thought out. And it's just my opinion on it. It doesn't make me right. doesn't make me wrong. And like I said, I'm with Dave. I hope I'm wrong. But one of the things, and Coop knows, is what we do is we express our opinions. That's, what, what, that's why... There's people watching the show now, listening to the show. They want to know my opinion, and I'm not going to lie. That's my opinion on this. You know, I think if you're a friend, I, mean, I, I told our, I told one of our employees, I said, "Dude, whatever you're wearing, clone, stop wearing it." <laughs> I told him yesterday for everybody. Yeah. Like, I said, "Well, what kind of friend am I? If I'm going to let him like smell like crap all day, that is some awfulness." You know, and of course, after I spoke yeah. up, three or four other people said, "Yeah, dude, you got to get another clone, right?" But <laughs> it's the way I am. I'm not going to let you. Was he wearing know, patchouli? Oil? I, it, it smelled like it, right? I, mean, oh, I, I hate patchouli. It, you know, yeah, it was some weird stuff. But, you know, that's, that's, that's the type of person I, the person I am, right? And I think that's why guys who follow the show like it, because they know they're going to get it. If Nimish tells me something stupid on the phone, I'm going to out him on the air on it, right? I mean, it's just the way it is. You know, I mean, I, I'm not hurting anybody. I mean, I, I, I take the criticism myself, but I just think it's a poorly poorly laid out idea. You know, Abe, there were people that were saying to me, like, well, maybe you shouldn't make a big deal about this. You know, let it, like... But people are asking me for my opinion on this. Right? Of course, yeah. And and if we're not doing our job if we're not giving our opinion on it. And, you know, I, I don't have anything against the PCA or, or you know, former IPCR. I don't have anything against the people on it. I want to see this succeed. And right now I have some real concerns about the path they're taking with this. And, you know, I, I also just don't think they realized how did they not re- – you remember the reaction, Abe, five or six years ago when they proposed this, right? How did they not remember that reaction from five or six years ago? And how did they not expect this to be what it, what it would turn into? Oh, I mean, so this was brought up once it, before? This, I didn't know was, that. Yeah, oh, was, oh, yeah. This was brought up. How do you think my roast idea came up? This it was, was brought out of up, this. Like, it was out this, of this, yeah. This, okay. was brought, this was brought up when I was on the board. I'm like, are you guys insane? Right. This, this is an awful, awful idea. I said, you guys got to come up. And, 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 of course, when you say that, the first thing everybody says is, well, what other what idea do you have? Right? My, I said, okay, well. Why don't we do something like this? And that's how it kind of all just started, right? Let's, you know, I think that if we can make an epic gala, some spectacular event, that means the retailer says, I'm not missing this event, right? My wife and I are going to go get dressed up to the nines, wear tuxes. We're going to go to this event, drink like rock stars, laugh, watch somebody get grilled over the coals, and have the best night out of all five nights I'm there, right? Four nights I'm there. That's how ended you, on a good note and ended on a great note, right? Yeah. After these four days of walking and grinding and talking, right? This is the thing I'm going to look forward to, right, before I go home. This epic night, that's how you build a trade show experience, right? So, you know, yeah, so, you know, Dave, I don't know if he talked about this earlier, he does an event, his anniversary event every year. Now, I've not been there, but he uses, like, a game show format, right? Yeah. And, and he brings the cigar celebrities in for this game show format. He's very successful at that, right? So I think there is a model for that, you know, that it could work in this industry at a higher level. I think it's, it's a proven thing. People in this, they like connecting with these personalities. It would 
you'd sell 4,500 tickets immediately to something like that. Coop, how, how many years in a row have you come to our event down here? Um, I missed one year. Every okay. year since 2012, I missed one year because okay. I got stuck in Honduras. So you could, you could attest to the fact that we go to some length and effort to incorporate something different, something every new, year. Every, well, maybe not every year, but at least every couple of years, right? We don't like it to get stale, right? Right. Because what we've learned is, is th- these events are experience driven, right? The awe, they're, they're banking, in my opinion, too much money on the awe of, oh my God, I'm on this holy sacred land called the trade show floor, you know? Oh, look at all these awesome hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of expo booths. And then what? What's your experience to, 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 to meet these guys? I mean, there are so many successful events. I'm going next month to the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival, right? I'm going up to Colorado. There are so many successful that, that are, have been tested and, and are great formats for consumer experiences to go out and almost see every manufacturing industry. Get a hell of a bargain for what you paid for. And probably, in my opinion, 10 times of a better experience for a fraction of the cost, all based on this is the unho- this is the sacred ground that no one could ever touch called the trade show floor. I just don't think it's a sellable piece. It, it, you know, here's the thing. I'll be honest. There is an awe of going on that trade show floor. I'm it, not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you, but what, what, what do you do after 30 minutes and that awe is over and now you're fighting to go see Car- you know, what Carlito then, or your fan, you know, then, when, that, when that all rubs yes. off in the first 30 minutes, it then does, what? It does, yes, I agree. I mean, I remember, like I said, I remember my first experience walking on him, Bear, my partner, I, I, who, who goes, I, there is something to that, but it's going to get old very quickly is what you'll find. That, that part I will agree with, and you have to have, I think, and I don't think, if they're trying to recreate an event where you're just going to go and get cigars and they don't have a, a like, Great smoke, and I'm not just saying it, it's a full event. You have a weekend full of different events you can go to. There's activities. Is you know, it's more than just going and collecting your cigars. Because because we had to adapt, right? Because it started out as a local right. event, yeah. And more and more people were flying right. in who loved the event. They would come back with right. friends, but then he would say to me on the side, "Hey, look, man, it's, we love your event. It's a great event. It's an awesome experience. We come every year, but we fly in, we get a hotel, and everything's over in four hours, right? So we've had to you know evolve and expand." And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that the trade show floor, and, and, he, and here's what they haven't taken into consideration, right? I'm going to go on a limb, and, I, you know, my numbers could be way off, but I'm going to say like 70% of these people are people who have already experienced an outside multi-vendor mega event. I would, I would agree. So, And they're going to expect well, that same that's what they're going to compare it to. And, and that floor does not weigh in, make it feasible to match or be equivalent of these mega right, that's events. Biz- that's, a, that's a business trade show. It's business. Here's, here's the other thing we're kind of missing and I wanted to bring up a while back, but you, you, we brought up the point that there were two, Dave mentioned 250 exhibitors were on the show floor. You and I have been to the trade show. Coop, you've been there many years. Normally, yep. this is a four, three and a half day show. We can't get to everybody in three and a half days. We- Thank you. This is the exact point I am trying to make here. How <laughs> how are they in six hours? How are they supposed to see two hundred and fifty people? They're going to be lucky if they get to fifty people. They're, they're going to fight. No, you have to they, wait they, in line they, because they want to get their thirty cigars, right? Yes. And it's it's a shopping. Yeah, well, yeah. When I heard that, man, I just oh made no, 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 no. Like I, I want so to wait, bring that back up. Wait, too, wait, wait. But so now I got to get to the thirty people I want to get to, which are yeah. going to be of the thirty people, you know. There's going to be a handful that really everybody's going to want to see, yes. and when That's, you got when you got to wait three lines to get that one cigar from that you got you wait you know two hours 
to get that one cigar because they're not going to have 80 people giving out cigars. No. So they'll be lucky if the manufacturers have right. one person there giving Listen, out a cigar. Do you know what the footprint is for a manufacturer at our show when we got 45? A and, six foot, eight foot, ten foot section, yeah. and everybody that's, has the same yeah. has the same exact, and that's all they get. You're talking about now a booth, technically. I don't know. Oh, there oh, you hey, go. it's all right, Colin. but a booth, technically, some of these booths are I don't know what, fifteen hundred, yeah. two thousand, three thousand square feet. It's like a retail store. Yeah, it's, it's a bigger. house. It's bigger. Yeah, some of them are homes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, like, logistically, I the the more I think about, it, the more and more flaws I see in the whole program. Yeah. Six hours, okay, they're proposing. And if you say 30 booths, that's about 10 minutes a booth. That's not a lot. That's, yeah, not, that's... A lot of ground that's not a lot of ground. And what are you going to do to 4,500 people? You're going to tell them, okay, it's time to leave? Like, Oh, yeah. And they don't, what if yeah, they don't get all their cigars? Court, if stock is holding court, you're going to say, 10 minutes are up. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, may, I may go next year just to watch. Oh, yeah. I may go next year just to watch. Bring my if bu- they let you. Bring my bucket. I'm a member. Bring, yeah, bring my bucket of now. popcorn. <laughs> rent the recliner. Let me. <laughs> Listen to me. Yeah. I may buy a booth as an exhibitor and just have, like, have six recliners and sell my seats <laughs> with popcorn just so we can like, watch the show. I, I, I would absolutely be fascinated <laughs> to watch. See? I absolutely. would, too. Oh, yeah. I would watch. You know what? Hey, Coop, I got an idea. You ready for this? Let me see. Yeah. All right. I got an idea. Ready? You, me, and a couple other guys should all get together. We should get a booth. Right, build a little platform, put on our headsets, and do play-by-play commentary. Oh. Like we overlook the whole show floor. <laughs> have, a, have a higher booth yes, so you like, can look we'll around. Do show floor, and we'll do play-by-play commentary. Currently over by the Rocky Patel booth, there oh, yeah. are forty people yes. backlogged. Yes, and over there in this left wait, wait. corner, nothing is really going on. I'm telling you, yeah, <laughs> we should really do. That. Wait, wait, <laughs> I see Rocky. I see him. Oh no, 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 he's gone. He is disappeared <laughs> in the crowd, people. He, we have lost Rocky Patel. He has been overcome yeah. by oh, consumers. I think this could be fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. I'm telling you, we should do that. I might foot the bill for that. We should it, do it. It, it would be it I would would watch unique. It. That would be more entertaining for me than to go to the show to go to the show. Yes. Sadly enough. But yeah. yeah, 100%. Right? It's yeah. terrible. Yeah, it would- it would be, it would be, yeah, but it, man, it would be a different view of the show. That's for sure. And listen, we can get a couple guys to do field correspondence, you know, down on the floor. We have Charlie Manano down on the floor. Charlie, how is it down there? You know what I mean? I, sorry, I Abe, you'll have to speak up. I can't hear you. It's madness down here. There's 20 people near me. They're all waiting to try and get um, a Fuente. They're pulling my hair. I don't know hair. what to do. They're pulling my hair. Binders and fillers oh, are flying God. everywhere. Oh, don't <laughs> We've reached utter chaos on the show, Red. I'm telling you, we. I'm telling you, I'm in for this. I'm in for this. I love this, this idea. It would be pretty good. I love this. We incorporate a couple of the other guys who want to be involved, and we could just make a huge media thing out of it. I think it would be get, awesome. Get the dojo involved, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In, we have Eric Gunnarsson in Quadrant Run. How is the field? How are the lines up in Quadrant Run? Help and, me! Right? Oh, hilarious. <laughs> I, I'm in the far section, and I don't see anybody. I don't know where anybody is. Can someone please there, come there get There are no free samples at this booth. Right. Breaking news, there are no free samples right. at this booth. Exactly. So then, then we'll, have, we'll have them at booths where there's nobody there, and then they'll right. be at the Davidoff booth where there's 6,000 yeah. people waiting. I, I, I'm reporting from the hookah territory, 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 territory. It's uh, nobody really around, 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 around. I'm kind of out here by myself. So, so. We have just been blown off by the Ashton booth. We have just <laughs> Holy cow! Oh my god! Bombs <laughs> are flying now. 
Oh, this is this is hilarious. Oh my god, this is the best. Anyways, do we have anything else to actually do on the show today? Well, we have to do the, the asylum. asylum. All right. Well, cool. Listen, pal, thanks for coming on. Hey, um, thanks again. It, it seems yeah. like it seems like we agree more than we disagree. I think we're closer than we thought. Actually, now that we both heard each other. Well, but, I mean, uh, listen. Anybody, anytime I ever hear the statement that I agree with any of the Hernandez brothers, it automatically like <laughs> riles the hair. Like, how could you uh, possibly a, agree he's, with either? He's of the, a great. Look, he's a great guy, though. Well, well, Steve is the one everybody loves. Yes. Well, that's, that's a fact. <laughs> I like Steve, man. He's awesome. I man. said he's the one everybody loves. Pete's a stepchild okay. brother. Oh, stop. <laughs> we love Pete. He's great on the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. I think Coop and 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 um, Master Sensei were kind of just saying they have to do something, right? They have to do something. This right. show's dying. This show's going to be... If they continue the way they're going, there's not going to be a signature event in this country. I, like I said, but I don't think what they're proposing is, is giving me confidence it's going to fix something. They have to fix this show. I I do have one question, though, Coop, before we go. Um, What was the one standout cigar for you from the show? You know, there was a few, but right now the the Edge, uh, I'd say, went to the Balmoral uh, Nicaragua XO. Yeah, really good cigar. Uh, Alec Bradley Gatekeeper, I think, was the other one I would say was good, a lot of people talking about, and Baca. Baca lived up to its hype. I saw saw Skip was on... um... Dojo last oh, night. Oh, he, he lives on Dojo. <laughs> Skip just won't. You know what? Why don't you? Why don't you? Hey, Skip Martin. I'm, I'm telling, Skip might be watching. Yeah, he might be. But if he's not, somebody he knows is. Why don't you listen? Since he refuses to come in the studio, but he seems like to do podcasts and brought you know mm-hmm. call-ins like every other week. Why don't you just tell him to call in? See if he's willing to come on the show. I yeah. mean, it'd be better if he was here. But well, all right, I'll, I mean, I'll offer it to well, him. I mean, what do we tell you? He doesn't want to come here. He says he's never in the area. <laughs> we'll get, I mean, it's come just, in the area. We'll I mean, get you. We'll get you a comfy chair. Yeah. Meanwhile, our guest next week is going to be flying in basically for our show. Who's our guest? Uh, Rist. Oh, okay, oh, guys, good. Paul, make a note of this. Yeah. You have to talk Bitcoin. You have to get him and Abe to talk Bitcoin. Bitcoin? Oh, yes. is he a Bitcoin believer? Well, he, I don't, I, he's got, he follows it very closely, so I think you'll get some good opinions on it. Oh, good. Oh, I was going to say, I just remember when you destroyed that Bitcoin guy. But no, Rist is a good guy. Uh, well, listen, yeah. I destroyed the Bitcoin guy who came on my show because he didn't answer any of my questions. I'd yeah. ask him a question and he'd go in some vague dissertation yeah. about something, nothing that had to do with the exact question I'm asking you. I was more confused about Bitcoin after he was. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was true. It was true. It was true. I was there. <laughs> All right. Uh, Koopa Loop, have a good week. We will talk to you next week. Take, take it easy, buddy. Take care, guys. Thanks again. All right. And with that, this week, we are going to see who belongs in a Cigar Insane Asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. I'm the king of my castle. And reason cease to exist. Uh, This week, let's see who belongs in a Cigar Insane Asylum, brought to you by the good folks over at CLE and Asylum Cigars. You know, before we break into that, I just got to say, Cooper's really one of the guys who just... Does it right, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like he said like, he doesn't have to see Rocky. He needs somebody going to give him the information that he needs to relate to his, you know, fan base, right. his followers. So, you know, mad props to Coop. I'm so, so happy he's part of our show and a contributor. And it's, it's, it's great to have him. So, just want to give him that absolutely notice out there. So, this week's Cigar Insane Asylum brought to you by the fine folks of CLE and Asylum Cigars. This week's inductee needs a class parenting 101. Oh, is this you? No. Are you the ah. inductee? <laughs> Are you the inductee? A class me? in parenting. Oh, okay, because I mean, you've taken multiple parenting classes. Wow. Yeah. I don't want right. to talk about this. Right. Police in Dixon City, Illinois. 
thought I was going to say Illinois. No, I'm from Illinois. Said that they received a call from a concerned citizen reporting a white Audi Q5 driving down the road with children sitting inside a pool on the top of its roof. Really? So an inflatable pool, kids sitting Not on the top. Not in the back of a pickup, at least. It's on the hood. On top of the hood of the car. Of an on Audi. the roof of the car, rather. Okay. On the roof of the car, driving down an interstate, like not not just it, like not a side road. No, it's not on an interstate, the, an wow. interstate road. Wow. Jennifer A. Janis Yeager was pulled over when police spotted her driving on Illinois Route Two with her two daughters, indeed, riding on top of the car inside the pool. Yeager told police that she drove into the town to inflate the pool at her friend's house, but had to use her two daughters on the drive home. To hold the empty pool down on the SUV roof so that it didn't fly away. <laughs> there are so many. This once again, about- hold on. This once again goes to my statement that people should be stripped away of the right to give birth <laughs> at, you know, when they're born and then have to apply for yes. a permit to have children just so we know that they have a sound mind, right? Mm-hmm. Because what parent thinks that this is a good idea? Apparently, Bungee cord couldn't have done the job. She had to use her two <laughs> children to hold a pool on the roof of her car. The police arrested the 49-year-old on two counts of endangering the life and health of a child, two counts of reckless conduct, and failure to secure a passenger between eight and, ages of 8 and 16. Yeager was briefly taken to Dixon Police Department, where she was processed and released after posting bond. Needless to say, there's no reason to believe that she'll be carpooling with her children anytime Get soon. Get it? Car. Pooling. I get it. It was very funny. <laughs> I, I didn't write I, it. I, I so hope that they take those kids away from her. Uh, congratulations, Miss Yeager. You are this week's inductee and maybe lifetime sentence in the Cigar Insane Asylum, brought to you by the fine folks of CLE and Asylum. I just Cigars. have so many questions about the logic within all of that. It's like, you had to go to your friend's house to inflate the pool. Well, it's one of those big pools, so maybe she didn't have a pump, an air pump, to um, pump it up. Wouldn't, you you couldn't, be, you wouldn't could... it just be easier to go drive and get the air pump and come back to your house? Yeah. Like, right. Can I borrow the air pump right? and then bring it to my house to inflate Holy said pool? Holy moly. Once again... Why I, did I buy a? Why did I buy an inflatable pool without a pump that I needed to pump, though? Once again, why, pe- <laughs> why people shouldn't procreate. Yes. I'm just saying. You know, 100%. You need a license to go hunting, license to go fishing, right? But they make a public child out. Just saying. <laughs> yep. Some DNA should just stop. Yes. 100%. Yes. That's why Adam doesn't want to have kids. Absolutely. Oh, I'm all for it. I'm a proponent of it. <laughs> proponent. Let's, let's all vote for it in the fall. <laughs> that, should be our, that should be our next poll question. Should Adam, should Adam procreate? procreate? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll throw that in there. That'd be a good one. There yeah. we go. I, right. I can't imagine anybody would say yes. Listen, I like the format of the limited breaks. Yeah, you it's know, great. I, I, I think I'm going to let our listeners know who are still listening at this point. I'm, we're going to really work on a format. Uh, uh, we're going to work in the next few months to, to develop something we could change the format of the show. The breaks just kind of break into the mood. Sometimes we're getting something good. And I'm tired. We need to find another way to, to work the show. And that's one of the things, uh, hopefully, in the next uh, four to six months, we'll really figure something out. we got a couple ideas that we'll work on and hopefully uh, improve the quality of our show. A great success. Always growing. Always right. growing. So Always next growing. week, Risty on. Anybody else on with Risty? No, that's it. All right. He's be... got he's got a CBD cigar that caused a lot of controversy at yes. the trade show. Yeah, it should be cool to have him on. Got a couple of other brands that are well loved in the in the. I, I didn't actually know of the of his company, so the, there's a lot that I found in the in the research that he's got a, a kind of a cult following he for had, a lot of his cigars. Risty actually sat in my office a year and a half, maybe two years ago, two years plus. Um, 
because someone had brought his brand to my attention. He wanted me to try it and wanted my opinion. And one of the, you know, it's funny because look, I'm not saying I'm, I'm the most intelligent person, but I, you know, sometimes people ask me for my advice. And I love when I give somebody what I believe is solid advice. And they totally do the opposite thing. Mm-hmm. Like, well, why, why bother? Why bother me? Right. right? But one of the things I opinion him because he, he had the cult following he developed was he was selling directly to consumers. Oh, really? Right? Okay. He had a website. He was like, and I just said, look, I mean, you could do that because the money's better in doing that. But you got to pick a lane. It's very hard to for any retailer is going to take you legitimately if I feel like you're selling directly to consumers, mm-hmm. right? So um, I would pick a path and work on that. You want to sell directly to consumers, build that site up, sell directly online, build your base. But if your ideal is to be a traditional manufacturer, then you really got to veer away from being both, right? right. At least, at least so directly, because we know a lot of people do it indirectly in our industry, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's kind of done that, and you know what? He's done very well for himself, and he's blown up. So I like to believe I was a little part of that, uh, you know, that direction. So we'll we'll see if I get any props for it next I'll, week. Uh, I'll pat you on the back. Good job. <laughs> Good job. All right, we'll talk to Risty of JSK Cigars next week. Until then, and as always, keep it lit. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram too. Yes, it's mandatory. Cigar Fairy's making round. Yeah, that's fantastic. Keep it lit with KMA Talk Radio.